you pass up the opportunity to spit blood in Joan Baez's face? Face, face, face. Dude, I'm so funny I inverted an epiglottis. Let's round up the faceless and get some pajamas. Dude, I didn't know my head was a bank. That's fucking awesome. I want to eat so many Tootsie Rolls, I just shit a tire. I jerked off of this town so much, it might be a surfboard. Mr. Schmidt is an entertainer, not a cool. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? Can you hear the fan in the background? Perhaps you can. Uh, but it's that that's your choice. I mean, you can hear that. Well, it's not really your choice because if the fan is still going, you're going to hear it no matter what. It's your choice whether or not you want to hear it. You know, it's selectively punch that part of your brain that hears fans. Do me a favor. Take a fork, jam it right into your medulla fan longata, and just make sure you don't hear any goddamn fans, and you just hear me fucking talking. While you're in there with that fork, go ahead and hit your uh, ceramicum and, and make sure it just hears me over the fan. Turn me up and tune that out. And then tune in and drop out, and then turn in and turn on, right? Isn't that all that shit? Hi, I'm Timothy Leary. Welcome to Acid Talk. Let's talk about dropping some microdots, man. All right, get me some Mickey Mouse squares, put them on my tongue, let it dissolve, and let me see colors. I want to see fucking colors, man. I want to trip the light fantastic with Captain Fantastic and the brown dirt cowboy. Um, that's Elton John, and uh, and, and they, he's that guy. I don't want to talk about him anymore. He and I had a falling, <laughs> falling out. What if that was the case? I can't bring up Elton John. We're, we're done. Me and that guy are fucking finished. I'm done talking about Elton John. Oh, sure, you'd love it, wouldn't you? You want to hear me all on my dirty laundry with Elton and his husband and his boyfriend? Oh, there's some dirty laundry for you. That's right, Elton's a two-timer, as Kiss would say off the Dress to Kill album. Don't check that, because I don't know if it's the Dress to Kill album. I really don't. I I know they sang the song Two-Timer. She thinks she's high fashion. She thinks she's... I'm sorry, that's my gene, which is a terrible gene. uh, Max can do gene, but he's not here. Um, did you think I was stupid, Ramsey? Don't ever pull that shit. That's uh, whoever the guy from Anthrax is who thinks he can do Gene on one of the on the Kiss albums, or they they did a tribute album. They did Parasite, and before it, one of the guys from Anthrax it can't be Scott Ian. It's somebody else. And he's like, did you think I was stupid, Ramsey? Like he ta- he talks like Gene, and it's a it's a pretty good Gene, not like mine. Mine, I'm I, you can hear me. I'm trying to do it, and I can't. Uh, I wish, cause, cause Dave can do Gene's talking voice, Kiss invented toast. You know that voice? Uh, I can't. I'm not Craig Gas. Uh, look, folks, I don't care how badly you want me to be Craig Gass or Greg Cass. I'm not him. Uh, and uh, You know, Greg Cass, actually, his best impression is Gene Simmons choking on a ham sandwich. <laughs> That's not bad. Check out Greg Cass and his, his many line, his line of many celebrities choking on ham sandwiches. That's how Greg Cass makes his business happen. Uh, but Craig Gass, that guy, that Gene Simmons is fucking amazing. He's one of those dudes who used to be on Howard Stern every minute, and now he hasn't been on in 10 years. I don't know if he... Because, again, I'm not from New York. I don't know. They do things differently over there. There might have been a, a radio war where Opie and Anthony got Craig in a divorce, and then Opie got Craig in the divorce from Anthony because they don't like one another now. And then Jim Norton does a radio show with a guy who shouldn't be doing a fucking radio show. And don't, if you're fans of them, don't tag me or write me. And I don't want to get into a fight with those guys because they're infinitely more popular than me, and I don't want it to turn into that nonsense. But I got opinions. And I listened to the Jim Norton show. I think I, I don't. I think I alluded. You know what? Fuck it. Because I, I alluded to it a few shows ago, and I didn't exactly. Uh, I was like, ah, I don't want to say who these people are, but I listened to a show and it wasn't great. Um, well, it was the Jim Norton show, and Jim Norton himself. You know, Jim Norton again. Like I said, brilliant comedian. But the other dude, what a. I guess he was an intern with Opie and Anthony for a while, and then he just kind of kept stepping on his dick and failing upwards until now he's co-hosting with Jim Norton, and uh, and Jim Norton's got funny in his bones. That's what drives me crazy. Jim Norton's a funny dude. 
and he's sitting across from that guy, and he's got to pretend like that guy's good. Uh, Jim Norton does a lot, of, but well, I'll tell you this bullshit because I was gonna, I was just gonna. Jim Norton does a lot of that because he actually hosts like a UFC show, a podcast with a guy named Matt Sarah. And uh, Matt Sarah is a former UFC welterweight champion. He has the greatest upset in the history of mixed martial arts when he uh, he knocked out George St. Pierre. And it was a fluke. He, he won the ultimate fighter to get the shot. And then he beats George St. Pierre. And then, you know, George St. Pierre tunes him the fuck up in the rematch. But, uh, but he caught him and it was great because he has heavy hands and great Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, but now they're, they're like, they're making him a personality. So they're like, well, they should put Matt Sarah. He can co-host the show with Jim Norton. But here's the thing. Uh, Matt Sarah is a fucking personality and he's fucking funny. Like he's, he's really good. Like that's a guy I would want to talk to and hang out with, man. I mean, if you watch, he's, he's, you know what he's got that I, that I fucking wish I had that I don't have. Cause I'm part, I'm part lady. We always, we always know that, right? I've talked about how I'm part lady a bunch of times. Um, Matt Sarah's got that New York swagger, but he's also got that New York swagger that he can back up because he can knock the fuck out of you if he wants to <laughs> like that kind of thing. One of those guys who's funny and cool, but also, and the thing where, uh, he's the kind of guy like if you if you threw a punch at him and, and to like to make him flinch he wouldn't flinch and he'd just look at you like come on because because even if you connected he just he knows he's gonna fuck you up and break your arm that's the kind of thing that's what we're all striving to be as men we want to have that kind of confidence inside ourselves we want to be the guys who know that if he threw a punch we could take it and then fuck you up and then we could laugh about it afterwards and that's the kind of guy Matt Sarah is um, so Jim Norton I I was going to do him a disservice by saying he's used to hosting shows with people who aren't comedians because Matt Sarah is fucking great he's funny he can trade and he's cool um, is he over the top Certainly, but I mean, you know, he's a big, brash, fucking New York guy, and I'm not big. Well, I guess he's big now. He's been eating fucking meatballs since he lost the belt. Uh, that's how Matt Sarah handles his business, and I can't blame him, man. That's how I would do it. If I lost the belt, I would just dive into a fucking meatball pool like Scrooge McDuck. I would fill my basement with meatballs and then dive into it and do a meatball backstroke. Um, oh, don't you want to see me do a meatball backstroke, folks? Actually, that's I, I apologize. Louis C.K. got in trouble for the meatball backstroke, and now he's back. We can't we can't talk about that. <laughs> that's, he, that's the technical term for what he did. He did a meat ball backstroke in front of a bunch of chicks and they were like hey uh, that's not cool dude uh, and of course they didn't talk about it for 15 years and then eventually someone's like uh, hey yeah we should probably call out Louis for this bullshit since he's been able to make movies and TV shows and be fucking touring and doing stand up specials even though he fucking swung his junk around in front of a bunch of girls that didn't want it um, and, and by the way as we talk about this folks let's talk about the fact that I am fractionally viral that's right. I, I'm, your, I'm your boy. I'm fraction. I'm going to call it fractionally viral because to go viral, I think you got to be really big time, like 10,000 uh, likes or tweets or whatever the fuck, all that stuff. I am right now. I'm fractionally viral on Twitter. I haven't checked in a while. My phone continues to blow up. Uh, but last night, I don't know if you heard, uh, Louis C.K. over the weekend came in and he, he popped in at a show in the Comedy Cellar in New York, which is uh, this hallowed ground, this famous comedy club. And he did a surprise pop-in set, and then he went up and did 15 minutes of stand-up, and then everybody gave him a standing ovation, and he left. We Everybody was very happy. Um, well, I saw that come over the Twitter wire, the Twitter line, and I thought to myself, all right, here, here's how a joke is written, folks. You think of it. I can't even, there's not even a schematic or anything. Shit popped into my head immediately. I actually wrote the joke three times, deleted the first two, and then stuck with the third one, because the wording is so important. Jokes are surgical, man, and if you want, if you want to be fucking... Because, again, I, let's put it this way. The joke I wrote has been rewritten a thousand times by other people. Nowhere near as good, nowhere near as funny, nowhere near as clean. I used economy of words. I ended on the right fucking joke. The right, because listen, I, um, I said they weren't expecting him because he, he did a pop-in set at the Comedy Cellar. So I, I retweeted the story and I said they weren't expecting him. Apparently he just popped in and forced them to listen. 
uh, or force them to watch. Apologies, force force them to watch. See, look at this. I'm talking about words, and I don't even have it in my fucking brain. Um, yep, he just popped in and forced them to watch. Now that's there's your hammer. Popped in and forced them to watch. That's the joke because that's what he did with the other ladies when he came in and he jerked off, and that was the thing. Uh, and that, so I I tweeted it out like the first couple of tries at it. Uh, I was like very on brand for Louis because he, and I'm like, that's too many fucking words. And I erased it. And then I retweeted it a second time with another thing. And I'm like, nah, man, economy of fucking words. So I said, they weren't expecting him instead of he just, instead of, oh, he showed up. But I, you gotta, in this show, listen to me talking about fucking economy of words in this show. I, you hear me verbalizing things out loud and eventually we get to a point maybe. Um, but with jokes, man, especially on Twitter and stuff with 280 characters, you gotta be surgical in how you write it. So I wrote the surgical joke, tweeted it out. And uh, the up to this point in my life, folks, the best tweet, or not the best tweet, the most well-received tweet I've received, I think it had 400 likes. Uh, I, I live-tweeted the debates uh, between Trump and Hillary, and one of, the, one of my tweets was, I, there was a picture that came up from the debate while the debate was still on TV. It came up in the Twitter, uh, in the Twitter feed. I should say the feed. I don't want to say the Twitter because I'm an idiot at that point. You know, the, the Facebook, stupid. Um... But a, but a, a tweet came, a picture came up of them both holding microphones with their hands in the air, and they they it looked to me like they were singing, and uh, and I immediately I don't again I don't know how jokes work I don't know how my brain works shit just pops in there you you probably get the same thing where something just pops into your brain you say it you spit it out and everybody's like whoa how the fuck did you think of that dude uh, I mean certainly you don't do it like me because I'm the talent. Uh, I'm a fucking superhero when it comes to this nonsense. That's why you're listening to me and I'm not listening to you. <laughs> what a dick. That's <laughs> why so I don't listen to your fucking podcast and you listen to mine because I'm much better at it than you are, motherfucker. Um, that seems strong and weird and I don't mean that. Of course, we're all friends and if you had a podcast, I'd certainly give thought to listening and then never do it. I would tell you I might, but I would certainly not do it. I don't even listen to this fucking show as I've mentioned a million times. Although recently I've staggered into shows because people have been very nice and they're writing me and they're like, hey, dude, uh... I was thinking about a show where you did this. Do you know which one that is? So then I have to plunge back into the into the archives and start searching around, trying to find what the people are looking for, which is a nice thing to do. I mean, and look, I don't have to do it. I don't mean it like that, like I have to. Um, but if, I feel like I should because you guys have asked, and I'm now go ahead and check it out. I mean, I could very easily just go, I think that was year four. Duh, duh. Go listen to that whole year and find it. I mean, because truth be told, I, sometimes I don't even know what year it's from. I've got to go and look. I get and, and here's the thing. I haven't made it easy for myself, folks. You know, the, these... They have non-sequitur titles, all right? And the artwork can sometimes match something that I talked about, but sometimes there are multiple stories within a show. Now, some artwork, I guarantee you, I know what show it's for. Uh, the swing set stuff, that's, that pretty much speaks for itself. Other stuff uh, I can find, and I know where it is and what it's around. And I, like, I will tell you this. Like, one of my favorite pieces of artwork that Mex ever did is a, uh, it, it's a painting of me as Gary Newman from the Cars video. I have no idea what's on that show. I, I, don't, I don't know what it's about. I remember talking about cars and talking about what a jam it was. And I think it's probably talking about when Nine Inch Nails covered cars with Gary Newman. But I couldn't tell you anything else that was in that goddamn show. But I love that piece of art. But, I mean, it's not going to help me look anything up. So when people are looking for something in the archives, inevitably I have to kind of get a range of ten episodes and then plunge in and start listening to shit so I can go ahead and tell people exactly with an informed uh, mind where it is or what to do. Um, and I, I don't give people a range either. How weird would that be? Hey, it's somewhere between episode 17 and episode 41. I mean, that's just, again, that's a lot of time. Because these shows are two hours, folks. Or an hour or ten minutes if I decide to end it now. You guys can get me at MikeAndMikeSchmidtComedy.com. How would have I did? I would totally bail. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Dudes. We're having an earthquake. <laughs> 
Whoa, that's weird. Still shaking. <laughs> All right, just it's just it's not like big, but my the bedroom door is moving and the desk is moving. All right, I think. All right, it stopped. For now. But now now the waiting begins. Like could that have been the precursor to a big one coming up? Even worse, could it have been a big one somewhere far away and I just get hit with the tail end, like the ass end of the fucking big one? Whoa, dudes. Uh, all right, that was pretty fun. That's the second time we've had an earthquake on the air. That's fucking bananas. The last time was in Lily's joint, and I was up on the third floor. Here I'm, oh, boy, here I'm on the first floor. I gotta get in a fucking doorway. Hold on a second. If, if the upstairs comes crashing down on me, we're done shaking. But if we get a bigger shake, I gotta be honest with you, I'm gonna have to bail. Uh, this show might actually be over. Jesus Christ, I, I made a joke about ending the fucking thing in an earthquake kit. See, that, you know what that was? That was Jesus. He was putting his his bony hand and pointing at me, and he's going, you're not going to finish this show in 10 minutes. Who the fuck do you think you are, buddy? Uh, you're right, Jesus. I must continue this show. Uh, what's that you say, Jesus? You'd like to know something between episode 17 and 41 of year five? I can't find it. Go look yourself. What are you doing besides healing lepers and bullshit? What are you doing besides eating gruel and fucking making fish into wine or whatever the fuck you did? Uh, all right. I'm, I won't lie. I'm, you know, cause look, these things don't shake me up anymore, but this is the first one we've had in a while. I mean, I haven't had a, uh, like a real earthquake. I mean, cause this was, this wasn't real. All right. Nothing. I don't think anything fell. I didn't hear anything fall. I should go out and see if my neighbors are okay. Why? What am I a hero? What am I going to be? Who's, are you guys okay? It wasn't even that much of a shake. Um, but, but, but still when the earth just starts moving for no reason. Uh, and also, like I said, now I don't even know. Because it's it's completely stopped. We're done. It was a quick shake, so I don't I don't need to end the, the gig here. But but the, it could be the ass end of a big one somewhere else. Like when I was in fucking Tahoe once, we had an earthquake. It was like, how the fuck is there an earthquake in Tahoe? I've never had one of those. Well, it turned out it was the fucking San Francisco earthquake that shut down the fucking World Series. Yeah, that's how far away we were. I, I was you know five hours away or whatever the fuck, and and felt it in Tahoe. So uh, the Earth doesn't fuck around. Is my point. So right now, what's that? Five hours. What's five hours away from me? San Diego's two. Uh, well, actually, San Francisco's five hours away from me now. I guess San Francisco's not five hours away from Tahoe now that I do the math on it. Uh, it's probably a three-hour drive up uh, up the fucking up through Truckee. What am I going to do? Figure out directions? Hold on. I'm going to Google map this for you guys before I die in a fire. Uh, all right. So the hell was I talking about before the earth tried to swallow me up? I, I, uh, cause now I, I'll, I won't lie to you, man. I am distracted. I, I, I apologize. Normally I just plow downhill with this fucking thing, but I am, uh, I'm a little thrown. I can't lie to you. It's, uh, and I'm not, you're not like, Ooh, boo. I'm scared. It's just, cause again, there's the, I, I told you one of my favorite stories ever was Karen and I went to a movie. We were seeing crouching tiger, hidden dragon. And we were in the movie theater and it was an afternoon showing. There weren't, wasn't really anybody else in the theater, just like five of us. And, uh, and then an earthquake hit and a good one. I mean, like a big shake shook the whole fucking theater. The movie stopped and, uh, other people got up and left and Karen and I just sat there. We looked at one another and I'm like, well, look, you know, let's, let's, what do you think? And she's like, I don't know. How are you? And I said, I'm fine. She goes, I'm fine too. We were like, well, let's watch the end of the movie. And if we walk out into a hellscape, then that's on us. And she's like, all right, cool. (laughs) If anything, the last thing we ever did together before walking out into the apocalypse was we watched a cool ass movie. So we waited in the theater and they were just kind of like, all right, well, we're just going to start it up again. And boom, there you go. Movie show. Boom. There you go. Movie show. Boom. There you go. Movie show. Uh, I like language that runs together together in rhymes. Uh, so again, I'm not fucking yawned. Jesus. I'm not. Uh, look at me yawning through an earthquake. See, uh, look, it's all blase for me, folks. It's old hats. I'm from Chicago, but I'm here now in the earth. Sometimes shakes. It's how it works, man. 
Uh, no, it's more the theory of the unknown now. Like, I don't know what's going on outside. I don't know what's happening in surrounding counties. I don't know if there's a... Because, uh, I mean, look, it was a it was a decent shake here, but it wasn't like a jolt. It was more of a roll. And the, the chair started moving in the, in the my stuff on the desk, and then the, and the door to the bedroom was rocking back and forth. So I saw, you know, I was moving. But I wasn't, uh, you know, not thrown out of my chair, certainly, and it wasn't anything crazy. Here's me giving you a play-by-play of an earthquake. We're rolling. <laughs> That's it. There are, it's like, it's hard to describe unless you've been in one, because there's there's jolts. There's ones that just fucking happen, and then there's rolling ones. The rolling ones are the weird ones. Like, I was in the one in San Clemente where I was at my buddy's, my brother's apartment. No, my buddy. It was, I was in my brother's apartment with some of his buddies, because Letty was coming home from Little Caesars with pizza for us. We were so starving. And uh, we heard it coming. It, it was like you know one thirty in the morning, and we're sitting upstairs, and it was me and his buddy Norm and and another guy, and we heard it rolling, and we heard it, and we looked at each other. It was like, and we were like, all right, that's kind of fucking weird. And we were up, you know, Lenny lived upstairs. He lived in the hills, by not in the hills, but like in these. He lived near the beach, but it was up a hill, like up a street, and we heard it rolling, rolling, and then all of a sudden, and the whole building started to fucking shake. And it was a really good shake. And we're looking at each other like, whoa, dude. And then it just rolled through. It was almost as if, uh, like, it was like water roll. It, that's what it is. It's like waves, you know. So, so it, and then it rolled out and we heard it go and we heard it go to the ocean. And when it got to the ocean, you heard the ocean start going crazy with waves and getting tossed around and stuff. And, man, that was just fucking weird. The Earth's a weird place, folks. Uh, I guess, as far as I know. I don't know if any other else is play. Look, I've never been anywhere else. I'm, I'm just, I can only speak for the Earth, but the Earth is pretty weird. When you got a tornado or a hurricane or an earthquake happening, when some sort of natural disaster pops in, uh, it throws you a little bit. And I would say that that's what I am now because I, had, I was talking about something and now I've been thrown uh, aside. I don't know. I, you know, it's funny. We're talking about the archives of the show. Uh, go look up. I think it was year three when I had the earthquake at Lily's house. Go look at that. Look at that. <laughs> look what we're doing. We're marveling at how these things get tied together. Let's just, uh, the circle of life. This, this is the Lion King episode, folks. I'm going to Hakuna your fucking Matata and be fucking happy for days and days. So happy to be sitting here in an earthquake and trying to do a goddamn show. It's lovely, right? Don't you think it's lovely? Uh, all right. So here's the deal, folks. I, people will ask me to go ahead and check that out. And I plunge into the archives and I find them what they want to look for. And then I, I refer that to them. But what were we talking about before then? Uh, we were talking about podcasts. We were talking about Matt Sarah and, uh, and Jim Norton doing their podcast. We were talking about you guys listening to me and me listening to you. Uh, man, I sw- uh, was it as simple as talking about Louis? We're, oh, oh, yeah, it was. You know, I, so here's the deal. I was talking about how I don't know how my brain works. That's what it was. All right. And, and clearly, I don't know how my brain fucking works. It took me f- a, a 90 seconds of on-air time to sort out where the fuck I was. See, this is when I need a producer. This is when I need somebody to go, you know, I'd look at her and go, hey, Miss Hotchkiss, can you read back the minutes? Boom, we're there. The show doesn't lose any momentum. But here you are with me trying to fucking scrape out my fucking brain with a goddamn grapefruit spoon, and who knows what the fuck you'll find. Um... I say fuck a lot. I swear a lot. I should, all right, I'm going to throw this up. Just a verbal poll now, and you guys can answer me on the Joker's page or write me privately. Should I stop swearing as much? Like, I mean, it just kind of flows out, and that's the way I talk. But at the same time, I can catch myself going, man, that's... Because, uh, again, plunging back and listening to old shows, I'm like, man, you just said fuck like four times in four seconds. That's crazy. Fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, I just... now. Yeah, that was four times in a second. Whoa, I, look at me. I'm improving my time. I'm the Carl Lewis of saying fuck. Um... Why should I say that? I should say Ben Johnson. He's the Ben Johnson of saying fuck. Although Ben Johnson took the spike. I'm not taking the spike. None none of my obscenities are steroid fueled. (laughs) Let's go ahead and get that on the table right now. Let's fucking lay that out for all of you guys. None of my steroids are fucking, or none of my, I'm sorry, none of my obscenities are steroid fueled. Uh, None of my steroids are obscenity fueled. I'll say that. Except for my Decadurabolin, which I can only inject if I say cocksucker out loud. Uh, All right, here's the deal, folks. I don't know how my brain works. 
So when that tweet came out with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and they were standing there and they were holding their uh, microphone, I, uh, I thought of the song Islands in the Stream. I don't know why it popped into my head, but it was the Islands in the Stream. That's what we are. No one in between. How could we be wrong? And we rely on each other. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was my, cause they looked like they were singing it to one another. It just, it just, and I thought of it in my head, I went, all right, duets, man and a woman. And then, and that was the first thing that popped into my head. And I go, that is fucking perfect. And then I, and then I tweeted it out and I think I got like 450 likes on it. Like it just, I'll tell you what, when that happens, you guys might know, maybe you're tweeting geniuses. I have no idea. But when I, you know, I, I, I get 30 likes on something, 40 likes, I think, man, I did pretty good with that one. Because, uh, you know, I only got like 3,500 followers or something. I'm not, I'm not a big deal on Twitter at all. You can follow me over there now at twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy if you want to. And I'll tell you about that later as well. Um, but I can tell you that it's not, you know, I'm not a big deal. I mean, I, occasionally I'll fire off something great and it, it, it gets completely ignored. I, dude... I was talking to Gio on the phone and he mentioned the Olsen twins and he was, uh, you know, he was talking about them giving drugs to Heath Ledger. And in my head, I go, I had a funny tweet about the fucking Olsen twins once. So I went and searched my Twitter history and, uh, and the tweet that I wrote was, I, I took that Zimbio quiz asking what Olsen twin you are. I'm a feather soaked in heroin. I tweeted that in 2014. You know what it had? One retweet. No, not even any likes, no likes, no replies, and one retweet. That's all it had. I'm like, dude, that's fucking brilliant. How does that get nothing? So I unearthed it and I made it my pinned tweet the other day. I'm like, I got to put this back. Because back then, in 2014, I might have had, you know, 800 followers. Well, now we've increased that fourfold and, and maybe somebody else sees the damn thing and they like it. And they go, oh, look at that guy with the Zimbio heroin feather Olsen twins joke. That's a guy I want to follow. Um... So, I mean, I don't know how the game works. I mean, I, I know it's, look, it's a zero-sum game because all you do is you just keep firing out material for fucking free to get likes and followers. And, and that's what's become currency in this fucking world and social media and everything else. I mean, I, I'm actually, I, I follow some comedians. I don't want to say names. But there's a comedian who keeps putting out material and they keep writing, hey, give to my Patreon. If you love my tweets, give to my Patreon. And then I can go ahead and start doing comedy shorts. Hey, if you love my tweets, uh, go ahead and love my Patreon because then I'm going to make some T-shirts and I'm going to get people on board. It's going to be, and, uh, you know, this person is funny. Um, and, you know, they're, they're a good comedian, but I, I see it. And I, I just think that he, uh, I, I, it's just so pathetic. Like, I mean, look, I don't even like self-promoting myself. I barely like promoting the show. I don't like promoting my live streams, any of that stuff. Cause in my brain I go, well, well I just, everybody's doing it. You just, you just look so fucking desperately needy. And, and, but unfortunately that's the way it is because I'm a one man band. I don't have agents. I don't have publicists. I don't have anybody. So I've got to be the one who tells you about this stuff. And it just feels so fucking dirty because all I want to do, I want to do a live stream and have you show up. I want to do a podcast and have you listen to it. I want to do stuff and have you enjoy it. That's it. But I don't want to have to do the dirty part where I come in and I knock on your door and go, Hey, can you, could you listen to me sometimes? Cause I'm kind of funny sometimes. I promise. I say fuck four times in two seconds. That's a record. Um, and you just look so pathetic doing that. So I mean, I see these people doing it and so whenever you see me self-promote, I'll even say stuff like, uh, self-promotion is for the devil. Hi, please listen to my live stream. Like I, I just, I have to throw in this weird, uh, disclaimer, I guess that, that, you know, I, but I don't want to say that I'm not funny or worth it, but I just, I just, I am funny and worth it, but I don't want to be the one to tell you that I'm funny and worth it. I want you to discover me and you tell me that I'm funny and worth it. Isn't that weird? 
But unfortunately, this is the new paradigm. This is the new normal is you've got to go out and hustle, man. You got And look, that's not fucking new. Everybody in the world has had to hustle. Everybody in the world has had to go out there and make sure you heard their name and learn about, about their product. I've just, I've just been averse to it. I got no, I, you know, I, as we've talked about many times, I take no for an answer. You, you can come to me and I'll say, hey, man, you should check out my show. And if you go, nah, I got a lot of shows. I go, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to twist your arm and convince you because you know why. And here's why: I guarantee it. It's um, it's born in who I was as a little kid. It's like, why are you telling anybody you're worth something? Because all you're doing is you're giving them the opportunity to say that you're not worth anything. Does that make sense? So if you say to somebody, "Hey, man, my fucking show is great," and then they listen to it, and they go, "I listened to your show. It fucking blew," in your head, you're just like, "Ooh, man, that wounded me." Because uh, you took my advice, and it turns out, because now you're doubly fucked. Now they think your show sucks, and they think you're a liar. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, it's a weird thing that bounces around in my brain like a fucking, you know, a tiny bullet fired in from the back by a mobster. I mean, it just it just takes out all of the, uh, the, the good stuff in there and leaves the bad. Because I just think, you know what, if I tell you, hey, man, listen to my show, it's great. And then you listen to you go, hey, man, not only is your show not great, but now you're a liar because you told me it was and you made me listen. You stole that fucking hour and a half from my life. And then I'll say, hour and a half? I mean, would you listen to something from year two? Because I haven't fucking done an hour and a half show in fucking forever, which is a lie. I've done some. But it just seems that's why I don't want to promote. Because I'm setting myself up to get kicked in the fucking throat. To just go, hey, man, I'm great. And then they're like, yeah, you're really not. You're totally not great at all. And if anything, you're a liar. And you're like, ah, ooh, you're wounded and fuck. Um, even though I think I'm great. And even though when the person listens and says I'm not great, they're fucking wrong. <laughs> I mean, clearly, because I'm really good at this. But at the same time, there's no accounting for taste. And then some people just, they get mad because you self-promote anyway. Because they're like, oh, my God, I'm just here to follow it. I just want jokes. And that's another thing Twitter is fucking bad for. You know, people follow you and they, they want your jokes. But then they either try to top your jokes or they tell you you're not funny or they want to fight with you. I mean, I've got some list some some guys on Twitter who want to fight with me all the time. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not fighting with you. I don't even answer those people because I told you, it's like, I don't fight with ghosts. I don't know who you are. I'm not here for a spirited debate. Fuck your Marcus of Queensberry bullshit. I'm not going to get in in a singlet with my fucking fists up and a handlebar mustache and fight you in a barge in international waters over a tweet. Actually, bullshit. I would probably do all that stuff, but I won't argue with you on the internet. If you wanna, if you wanna rent a barge and sail me out to international waters, I will absolutely buy my own singlet and grow a handlebar mustache, and you and I can go toe to toe before the main event of kangaroo versus alligator. That's fine. I'm on board with that. Uh, however, don't come here and fucking argue with me and go. Well, I think you stink. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad you think I stink because that gets in also the self promotion thing too, where it's like I don't, I don't want to tell you I'm great. Because, you know, you might listen and you might not think I'm great. But if you also show up and you go, dude, you stink, I'm going to go, all right, well, I guess you think I stink. I mean, I'm not, uh, what am I going to do? I don't stink. <laughs> I mean, that's just furthering the narrative. That's just, I, I don't have to fucking be on my heels and telling you I don't stink. Uh, I might have a lot of problems with self-promotion and I might have a lot of issues with self-image. But at the same time, the one thing I can clearly tell you and I can state for the record right now unequivocally, I do not stink. Uh, the one thing I am is funny. You know, like I said, I'm all mouth, man. Whether it's fucking doing jokes or eating pussy, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to make it work and it's going to work out. That's what I got for you. Um, or eating food too. That's the thing. Anything from, from the, as I've mentioned before, from the, from the shoulders up, I'm, I'm everything shoulders down. No great shakes shoulders up. You'll never forget me. That's the way it works. Um, so, folks, uh, I, I, I don't know why I spun into that bullshit. So that's the thing. That's, I don't self-promote on Twitter. I don't tell people to do that kind of shit. So I had that one tweet that, that, was, uh, that did very well. So then uh, I, the Louis C.K. thing hit. And again, I don't know how my brain works, but I thought of that joke immediately. 
because he did a pop-up set. When I read the article that he did a pop-up set, I was like, oh, well, fuck, he didn't even, he wasn't even booked. So then it was a surprise and I, my brain immediately made the correlation with what he had done and he had jerked off in front of strangers. If you don't know the story about, about Louis C.K., um, he, he cornered women and he jerked off in front of them. He jerked off on, he was on the phone with one of them and he jerked off. He cornered women in a hotel room at a comedy festival and stuff. And he jerked off and, uh, and he jerked off in front of them. And, um, when it finally, you know, like it was, it was a legend that was known forever. Like Gawker reported it and a bunch of fucking comedians would always talk about it. It was one of those things that was constantly whispered about. Uh, but I'll tell you what, in the world of comedy, man, a lot of guys get away with a lot of fucking stuff and they, and they chalk it up to the fact that they're a comedian. Franklin and Jai has a famous bit about, when you're a comedian, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And you just say, hey, I'm a comedian. And everybody gives you a fucking leeway. Uh, you're like, hey, man, I'm a comedian. I'd eat my own arm. Ah, rah, rah. He goes, then later on, you're at a party and you're hitting on some guy's girl. And the guy comes up and he goes, hey, man, what the fuck is your problem? And you go, hey, man, I'm a comedian. <laughs> I'd eat my own arm, right? Uh, and that's get you out of all these tough situations. So you hear all these shady stories. There, there's a comedian named John Fox. All right. If you don't know who John Fox is, he was this legendary story on the road. John Fox was a guy who... Um, He's like the Yosemite Sam of comedy, but with, but if you mixed it in a bunch of porn and garbage and drugs, I mean, it, it, that's who he was. He was this, he would blow into town like a fucking tornado and he'd be like, Doh! and he'd go on stage and do his act and he'd crush, he'd fucking crush. He'd do Archibald Barisol. He had all these fucking jokes. I worked with him several times. Um, he would level a fucking room because you know, he, you know what he was like, uh, at the time that he was doing it, when I was working with him, he, it was as if your, your dad was fucking hysterical. Like, and could make your friends laugh. Like, you know how your dad can sometimes squeeze one off and you're like, oh, dad's got a sense of humor. Imagine if you had like a funny, blustery, blue talking dad who just was funny and dirty and, and he, you know, almost like a Toadie Fields dad, like that kind of thing, like a party comic, but just fucking, he was hilarious. And he would just level these fucking rooms, man, because he just, he would do Archibald Barisol, Archibald Barisol. I can't, I, dude, I can't even do it justice. You got to find John Fox online. And he was the ultimate road dog comedian him and guys like Danny Johnston these are dudes who would do the road fucking forever there's a guy now now named Don Reese out of Iowa and he's a guy I, I saw his name the other day and he's still out doing it and it just makes me laugh because I'm like Jesus fucking Christ these guys they're they're machines you know what I mean I, I worked with Don Reese on the road fucking 20 years ago and he's still closing the same rooms and uh and you've got to you've got to be really good at what you do to get the, these people in these towns to come and see you all the time. Cause either, cause let's put it this way. They either love you and they want to see you all the time or they go, this guy's back. You know what I mean? That kind of deal. Cause if you're playing in these small towns and they get, you know, the, the, these comedy clubs are, they're a big event. So the whole town will turn out and they'll see the show every week. It's a kind of a thing where people meet, they have drinks, they eat, whatever, they have a good time and they schedule a whole a weekend around it. And if you're back, you know, one month, two months, three months, and, and you don't change your act. Finally, they're just like, well, we're not going to come. So the clubs have to keep, they have a vested interest in keeping guys there who that the crowds will enjoy. And if crowds keep requesting that you come back and you change your act enough and things like that, or if you do the same act, then people just love it. So, you know, I don't know if Don Reese is writing a new chunk every time he comes into fucking Mission, uh, South Dakota or, or, or any of these towns in Iowa or any of this stuff. Um, but people love him. And that's how it was with John Fox. And that's how it was with Danny John. John Fox was a guy, he would do the same, he had the same act and he had it locked. He had an hour, but it was just, but it was that gut punch, funny fucking holy shit kind of hour where he would, you know, he'd start up, he'd do a shot. Somebody had sent him a beer, he'd get sloppy drunk and he'd just start telling dirty jokes. And it's almost like the, the premise of like Jackie, the joke man, Martling or Otto and George. These are dudes who you go to the club and they just, they're just rat-a-tat-tat. They're making you laugh. Look, they're not changing the world. 
they're not writing erudite, smart, brilliant material. You know, they're not Paul F. Tompkins. They're not Brian Regan. They're not, they're not these really huge guys who are going to sell out massive arenas. But if you just want to go have a beer and some nachos and laugh your balls off, you're going to go see a guy like John fucking Fox. Uh, you know, or Denny Johnston doing, you know, John Wayne fucking a horse, which sounds stupid. But if you see a guy do it when you've had three beers and you're eating chicken wings, you're like, this is the fucking funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know what it is? If you go to Blockbuster, and and here's this analogy, here's how old I am. Fuck Blockbuster. Um, yeah, well, I'm going to do it anyway. If you, in the old days, when you'd go to Blockbuster, they'd have all the new releases on a wall. And, and, you know, you could go through those guys and that's, imagine that's all your comedians now with your Netflix specials. That's your Ian Carmel's, that's your, uh, Hannah Gadsby's that's, you know, that's Nanette, all that stuff's on the wall. And you're like, all right, man, I love this stuff. I'm going to take this. I've heard a lot about this. I want to see these people and check them out. Uh, anybody with a Netflix special is in the new release section. Sometimes though you get there and, uh, the shelves are empty. And so you got to go for the tried and true. So you go back to the comedy section and you find Stripes or you find Animal House, you find Ghostbusters, you find Van Wilder, you find one of those movies. That's who John Fox is. That's who Denny Johnston is. That's a guy you know you're going to get an hour to 90 minutes of laughing your balls off fucking uh, uh, entertainment and it was fine. You know, you didn't get the newest thing. You didn't get the flavor of the month, but you got that thing that endures. You know, I, the, those guys, it, I, I, let's put it this way. Again, on the wall might be all the dark chocolate. I went, I went and grabbed a Hershey bar. That was fucking, that's, that's John Fox. Uh, and more analogies with more po- no points. I know I, I'm literally, I think I've made my point and yet I continue to kick this horse in the face. I don't know why, but I do. Uh, so Louis C.K., friends, this happens where uh, I do this tweet about him. Uh, that he, he just popped in and forced them to watch. Dudes, so when I did that one tweet, like I said, with Trump, and my phone was like, ping, 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 and I'm like, wow, this is wild. Dudes, I put up that joke the other night. Not even the other night. It was, it was last night. Fucking last night. Monday night. I put up this joke, and uh, it was after the live stream, because I did my live stream yesterday, too. Dude, I talked for two and a half hours on YouTube. If you haven't seen it yet, it's actually posted now on YouTube. You can go check it out. Uh, I think it was funny, you know, and, and people liked hanging out with me, and I had a great time with everybody who was there who showed up. Um, the triple J attack came through and, and, and people were very nice and generous and it was really a fucking fun time. Um, but yeah, but Jill and John and Jeremy were really nice and, and everybody else, Curly Q money showed up. That's from Sam and everybody else was really, really nice. I, I mean the live stream, I, uh, I'll, I'll pitch it more later and I'll talk about it later, but I mean, it was really fun. So I did the live stream yesterday and then when I finished the Louis CK story I came over and I wrote the joke, tweeted it out. Like I said, I wrote it twice and I deleted it and then I, but I, I will say this, this is, this is who I am. You know, I wrote it and deleted it and then, repo- you know, I wrote it, deleted it, wrote it, deleted it, wrote it and sent it. And all that happened within like fucking two minutes, 90 seconds to two minutes. Because I went, that's not right, that language. Bang. I changed it. That's not right, that language. Bang. But the thing is with Twitter, it's all about speed. You have to get it out there because you don't want to be beaten. You don't want somebody to beat you to the same fucking idea. And ideally, even though I've only got 3,500 people, you're hoping somebody sees it and it catches on. And like I said, if I get 30 likes and maybe like five retweets, I'm happy. And I'm always hoping like, you know, because Pardo follows me or these people, you know, Pardo's got like 15,000 followers. Anybody with, a, anybody with a big follower account, you're hoping they see it and maybe they go, oh, okay, and they retweet it. Or even if they like it, it feels good. Because if I'll tell you this, if there's people you think are funny on Twitter and they like the thing that you tweet, then that that's your gold. I mean, I, if a comedian likes it, then I'm fucking happy. That makes me happy. So, uh... So I sent it out and I didn't even, I didn't even, you know, I was like, all right, well, I know I had, I actually knew I was like, all right, that's a good one. We'll see how, we'll see how, because I've done other tweets that I thought were really fucking good, really funny. And they went nowhere. 
Case in point, feather-soaked in heroin. That went nowhere. But I will tell you, though, I had uh, I had much lower expectations in 2014 than I have in 2018 because I've increased my followers. So I'm like, oh, maybe somebody will like this. So uh, so I sent out the Louis C.K. tweet. And, uh, I mean, all of a sudden, my phone just goes – my phone does two different things. If someone likes it or retweets it, my phone will light up and it will say this is retweeted or liked or retweeted. But if somebody with a blue check mark likes it or retweets it – Twitter makes a song. It does. It, it goes like, and it, it tells my phone. So it's really funny. There's a class structure on Twitter. Like normal people are doing it. It's just like, all right, well, this is happening. And it keeps appearing on my phone. But if somebody of some import, somebody with some Twitter fame, somebody who's a big deal or a big name retweets it or likes it, your phone plays a song, a little celebration song telling you that somebody who, uh, you know, is a big deal on Twitter liked or retweeted your, your, uh, your tweet. So I sent it out there. And uh, I'm talking within 90 seconds, maybe a minute, uh, I get the song, and I look, and it says, and it was a couple songs, and what it was was Jackie Cation liked it, Jackie Cation retweeted it, and then the third song was Jackie Cation wrote me and said, oh my God, I love you, if you'll accept my platonic uh, platonic endorsement or something like that. Uh, which was awesome because Jackie is a fucking road warrior. She's a brilliant comic. She's an amazing writer. She's a terrific podcast host, and I respect her. So just getting that was a victory. Knowing that she liked it and retweeted it was fucking awesome. But then for her to write me and acknowledge the, the bit, because she, again, as a comedian, she recognizes language, she recognizes structure, and she and also speed. All of that is of the, of the essence. And to get that from her, well, I'm like, all right, well, I'm golden now. That's all I need. Uh, but little did I know, folks, that that happened, and then... Uh, Catherine Sweeby, who's a listener to this show, also retweeted it, also liked it. And then she, she said to Jackie, because Jackie's like, oh, I love you. I, I wanted one my platonic. And then Catherine's like, the line forms behind me. Uh, and then, dudes, my phone would not stop lighting up. Bing, 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 bing. There's like light, 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 light. And then, ba-da-ding, ba-da-ding, Twitter songs. Then I got retweeted by a guy named Yasher Ali. He's got 300,000 followers. And at that point, we were off to the fucking races. I mean, it just it just started like, and Twitter light up like, and of course, then you get people jumping into your mentions who want to fight. People tell you it's brilliant. All these different things are happening. What's going on? Uh, it's just it's just a lot of back and forth. It was pretty crazy. And and I and I sat there watching it. I was like, Jesus Christ! And I, at the time, I was tweeting with Geo. Or no, I wasn't even. I wasn't even tweeting with him. I was, I, because after the live stream, I just took a fucking break. Like I sat down, I tweeted that, and then I was looking at baseball scores because I, I had talked for two and a half hours on the live stream, man, and, uh, and I just, I just couldn't, you know, getting back into talking or doing something like because I wanted to talk to Geo and I had to do some stuff and there was stuff I got to do around the apartment, but at that point I just wanted to eat some chicken. Like I mean, I just wanted to read a baseball score and decompress, uh, but my phone started going bananas, and then actually Geo sent me a fucking text message and he was just like. Uh, so you're just continuing to set career highs this evening or something like that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, by the way, let's talk about this for just a second. How bored are you of Twitter talk? Jesus, fuck. Nobody wants to hear the science of tweets and all this other bullshit. I, I talked earlier. I said something about kicking a horse in the face earlier. I've just I've just now fucked this horse royally. That's all I've done. I've sat here and I've explained like the machinations of road comics. I've given you analogies there. I've talked about Twitter and told you how that fucking works. And you got to know how it fucking works. If you got Twitter, you know how it works. If you don't have Twitter, you don't give a flying fuck about how it works. You could not care less about me explaining to you popularity and 3,500 followers, which sounds like a big deal, but it's not even fucking close. Good. Fucking shut up, Mike. Shut up. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> That's just, I'm explaining Twitter to you guys like it means anything to anybody and it absolutely fucking doesn't. I was talking about John Fox earlier. John Fox wouldn't know what the fuck Twitter was. By the way, John Fox is dead. Did I even mention that? I think John Fox is dead. I think Denny Johnston is also dead. I just I just talked about those guys for like an hour and I told you how funny they were and I think they're both fucking completely kicking up fucking dirt. I think they're dirt napping those two dudes. Uh, I, I even, just John Fox was like, I don't even know if I mentioned it. He was like this legendary guy on the fucking road where he would, uh, he would stick his dick in the mayonnaise. Like he's one of those fucking dudes. He was one of, there was always, you'd go into a comedy condo and there'd be mayonnaise in the fridge and people would be like, nah, fucking John Fox might've been here. Like literally guys would jerk off into the mayonnaise or whatever. And it was like a prank. Uh, it wasn't seen as a biological warfare, uh, activity. It was actually seen as like, ha ha, I got you to eat my cum out of a mayonnaise jar. Not that, look. If you're eating strange mayonnaise, you deserve whatever you get. I don't give a fuck. I don't care if it's mayo or Miracle Whip or whatever the fuck. If you're eating anything white out of a jar, you deserve every bad thing that happens to you in the interval. You need to, I, I got to purchase mine and break the fucking seal. I barely, I barely want to eat the mayonnaise I buy. Even, even opening it and hear it go, or whatever, it's got the fucking wrap on the goddamn lid. I, I just, I don't trust it. I know some guy's jerking off into it at a goddamn factory. And look, somebody's jerking off in all your food. Can we be honest about that? I don't care where you go. Whether it's salsa or hummus, someone has jerked off in it or with it. Somebody just coated their cock in hummus and sprayed down the entire fucking condiment bar. And you're fucking, you're choking it down right now. Right now. Whatever you're eating, think about the fact that some fucking low-level employee jerked off in it. Um, but Anthony Bourdain would tell you that's the risk you take when you go out to eat, man. You never know what the fuck's going to happen. If you can't suffer a little intestinal distress in the pursuit of perfection, then you don't deserve it. That's what he would say. And, but, of course, he was talking about, like, salmonella. I'm talking about some guy who's got the fucking head of his dick in your fucking ketchup. But that's fine. Uh, let's talk more about Twitter. What if I did that? Jesus Christ. Anyway, the point is... Um, it blew up, and where I'm, where it's at now, I think it's at like 400 likes or 300 likes. I have no idea. It just kept pinging off, and I mean, my phone, I've actually, because I always have my phone off anyway when I'm recording, but I've actually moved it off the desk so I don't see it lighting up so it doesn't distract me. I can't fucking, I don't want to see it. It's bad enough I get distracted by a fucking earthquake already. We got an earthquake. I can't be distracted by you know, my career blowing up on my phone. I just did a live stream. Folks, look at me. This is the Monday of my of my content. I, I knew I was going to say discontent, but it's not. I'm completely content. I'm content with this Monday. I did a two and a half hour live stream yesterday, and now it's Tuesday, and I've got this phone all blowing up today, and, and it's, it's just fucking crazy. Um... I should say it was 400 when I went to bed uh, uh, on Monday in the, in the context of the story, but now it's at like 2,000. You don't care. Nobody cares. I'm very confused. Um, you know why? Because I'm in my own fucking brain that I talked about Twitter for a month. I mean, wh- why would you do that? Nobody gives a flying fuck. Nobody wants to hear the plug from me telling you I'm on Twitter. And, and then I tell you about some tr- Twitter triumph. It, this is what happens. When you don't have real victories, when you don't have anything to go, oh my God, you're not going to believe this. I sold out Carnegie Hall. Instead, it's like, ah, I got a, I got a tweet that got 2,000 likes. I mean, it really, it doesn't mean anything in the scheme of things. And yet here I am telling you about it and extrapolating it and just fucking stretching it the fuck out. Why? Nobody knows. Uh, but that's what I do. What we were talking about, what, but, but so the tweet was about Louis CK and then, and then everybody went crazy, you know, uh, online and everybody's putting up their opinion on this and they're like, oh, he, some people are like, he suffered enough. And some people are like, he hasn't suffered enough. And I, you know how I feel about it, folks. I don't, I don't think anybody wants to hear my opinion on anything, at least in public, but on here, his way, sure. With you, cause you're the only people who do want to hear my opinion. Cause you download this goddamn show. That's right. Sit back. Here comes my opinion. <laughs> um, it's not my opinion, really. It's just that, you know, uh, if you don't know what Louis did, like I said, he jerked off in front of some people. He forced them to watch him jerk off. And uh, and to see guys argue online that that wasn't so bad or see guys argue online that he asked for consent first and the women said, OK, not understanding the power dynamics of a guy like Louis C.K. working at some festival or behind the scenes with these women and them thinking they had to do shit to keep their fucking jobs. I mean, I just 
as you know, folks, I believe that uh, the world is a terrible place for women. I just think that they they should go and, and and fly to an island and just scissor it up. Just fucking blow out guys and forget them. Just go to go to an island. Get go get a Wonder Woman island. You ladies need a Wonder Woman island so you can just go away from us and just and just find some place that's rich in marble and ore so you can fashion yourselves into whatever size and and fancy dildos you want and just ignore us. Just get strong and train with your lassos and hope the Nazis don't fucking encroach your border. And you have to see Chris Pine taking a bath. Just, just, just leave guys behind, man. Ladies don't. You shouldn't want anything to do with us. And and because you read these stories again, Louis C.K. is jerking off in front of women, uh, and he's also he's crude. He's telling women he wants to fuck them. He's he's just. Uh, and like I said, people are saying it's a harmless prank. Like I talked about, you know, John Fox jerking off with the mayonnaise. People are like, haha, it's a prank. It's not a fucking prank, man. That's assault. You know, I, I worked as a bouncer. A guy spit in my face. He went to fucking jail because that's assault, man. You can't do that. Any any bodily fluid is considered assault. So uh, if 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 Louis C.K. you know maybe if he's jerking off in front of you, then it's a clown show. But if he gets any on you, it's assault. You're going to fucking jail. You know what? Because everybody's like, they're like, oh man, it's he's a comedian and he does this kind of stuff and it doesn't matter. You know, you know who did that shit? You know who fucking jerked off in front of you? Megs from fucking Science of the Lambs. Remember that? Megs was a guy. He didn't ask permission. He, he didn't fuck. He just fucking jerked off and threw a fucking load in Jodie Foster's hair. And there you go. That's what Louis C.K. did. Think about it in that context. Don't be like, oh, he's a comedian. And it was pranking, and he was in a, a hotel room, and everybody was safe. No, man. He like he might as well be a mental patient jerking off into his hand and fucking heaving a load over at goddamn Jodie Foster. And he can't do that because then the lambs never stop screaming. You get a fucking a, a hair full of fucking Louis C.K. load. Jesus Christ, the lambs will never stop screaming. So. Don't jerk, 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 I can't even say it. Don't jerk off in front of chicks. Don't fucking, don't, don't expose yourself. Don't, and yes, I know I did the helicopter thing. I get it, but it was a long time ago and I didn't mean, I didn't think anybody was going to see it except my wife. Uh, don't, what about me? Don't, don't give me what about isms. Uh, but I'm just, I'm just, you know, it's Tuesday night now and I've had to read everybody do their take on why Louis should do stand up. He shouldn't do stand up. He shouldn't come back. He should come back. Women are frightened. Women are like, oh, well, you know, he, he, why does he get a chance and we don't get a chance. I get it. It's the fucking, it's the echo chamber and everybody giving themselves a hard time or patting themselves on the back for, I mean, Michael Ian Black said some shit where he's like, yeah, no, I, I think Louis should be, you know, we should go ahead and let him back in. And everybody's like, dude, fuck you. And then he's like, oh, well, I, 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 I'm not saying that he should be right all the way back. You know, it's like everybody has to fucking step on their dick because as I've said, the roaches will come for you, man. And the roaches should come for Michael Ian Black. You should come for anybody who's defending Louis CK or this fucking shit that he did. Uh, you know, and look, Everybody gets that fucking, well, how long is too long? Or how she should not be able to earn a living? No, he can earn a living. But all he did was he put out a statement that this shit happened. He, I, I don't know if he's apologized to these women or not. I mean, if they, I think they would have come out and said something. He apologized in the statement. And then he went underground for nine months. And, uh, and that was it. And he came back. He didn't fucking, you know, fund a, a, a group home for women who have been abused. I don't fucking know what you, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Don't, don't talk to me. I'm a podcaster. I got no fucking clue. All I know is it's too soon. It's too soon for him to come back now and be doing jokes about fucking rape whistles, whatever the fuck he talked about on, on stage. I mean, that's just, that's just, what a tin-eared move that was. That just, that alone shows you that the fucking dude learned nothing. Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I can only dream of being famous enough to get drummed out of my industry and come back in nine months and everybody wants to see me. That would be great. That's what I want. I want to do something so stupid in podcasting that I get the boot for nine months and then when I come back, everybody hails me as a conquering fucking hero. Because I would just love to be in that industry. Because nobody gives a fuck about people in real life. I mean, dude, again, seriously, if you he jerked off in front of women and kept his fucking job for years and then destroyed their careers, if you if you jerk off at Burger King, do you think they're gonna let you come back and work at Burger King? No, they're fucking not. 
The only place that works is comedy. If you're on the road with John Fox jerking off in a mayonnaise, or if you're on the road with Louis C.K. and he's jerking off and makes you watch. That's the only place jerking off in front of somebody apparently is acceptable, where people just go, well, it's okay for him to come back. Uh, and Aziz is back now, too. Aziz, who, I, you know, and again, I don't. he didn't do what Louis did, but he's just, it just turned out he's bad in the sack or whatever, or he, or he didn't listen to the woman like four times, and he forced her, kind of bullied her into having sex. Uh, and I got to admit, man, again, I'm old, so I mean, when I was a kid, it was th- that thing where, you know, like, Pepe Le Pew, your eyes say no, 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 or your mouth says no, 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 but your eyes say yes, 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 and you were always told that to keep trying, kind of. Uh, I, I, I don't, but you know now that that's not the case because women have told you don't, no, we really, we we don't want you to. No means no. It's a fucking complete sentence. Yes, exactly. Uh, and that includes jerking off in front of them. That, even if you don't put a hand on them, you just fucking whip it out and start stroking your cock in front of somebody, and they're just like, ah, oh, this is weird. We we're supposed to be punching up jokes. Hey, we got a script to punch up. Fucking stop, man. Holster that shit. Tuck that thing to the left and zip up. We got work to do, you fuck. Uh, But again, it's that thing where if you're a genius or you can do something special, people give you a break. Uh, You know, it's funny. Like, if Harvey Weinstein was really good looking, I I don't even think now he'd still be in trouble. It just turned out that he was a fucking gross, hair-covered fucking Bigfoot. I mean, he, he was just so weird and gross looking and people thought, oh my God, that guy's fucking actresses. That's disgusting. He's forcing actresses to do these terrible things. Cause that's another thing in our society. You see some fucking gross dude. You're like, ah, that guy's gross. Uh, and Louie's also kind of schlubby, but also he tells jokes in a funny way. And a lot of guys can relate to that. So then it's like, oh no, he's funny. He's, he's kind of like us. And he's got that every man equality to him. Um, but I mean, uh, I, I don't know what I'm saying. All I'm saying is don't jerk off in front of people, okay? And if you do jerk off in front of people, take longer than nine months and, and maybe really do some soul searching to find out what the fuck is wrong with you and uh, and reach out and try to make some sort of amends with the people you went and hadn't offended. And maybe dedicate yourself to, I mean, at least a year of, of maybe apologizing or going around. I don't know. I don't know what the fucking solution is. All I know, that the, I know the solution isn't showing up at the comedy cellar unannounced and fucking everybody, you know, because literally that's all you did. You just, instead of whipping out your cock, you whipped out 15 minutes of stand-up. That's it. And you made them watch. And that was my tweet. <laughs> Not that you care about tweets, but that's what it was. Fuck, but what do I know? I'm a fucking Uber driver. Half the fucking time. Oh, I, ooh, I just, hey, if I cover my mouth like that, it sounds like I have a megaphone. I just, uh, I was rubbing my eyes and my head sounded weird in the mic. Uh, I had, a, I had, a, I, I drove like a motherfucker last week, man, because I had to try to get to hump, because I, I told you two weeks ago, I, I just went to Seattle and then I, I took a week of, uh, I didn't do anything until I drove until Saturday. So last week I drove every day. I drove Monday through fucking Sunday, man. I was out there cranking it, making bonuses, doing the thing when I was running. And, uh, and I have to admit, you know, I, I, there were, there were times where I was beat, but I made myself go do it and I paid a bunch of gas money, but that's okay. I wound up doing okay money wise, but, uh, I was out Saturday night. Yeah. I, I, at the end of the show last week, which I don't even know if anybody listens past the fucking plugs or anything and they hear the end or the out. Uh, I don't know if you even hear the new theme song or the, the closing song, whatever. But I did that thing where I told you, I picked up a couple of guys in a park in Pasadena and they ran out with their hood, their hoodies up. And I thought, I'm like, well, what the fuck am I doing? Am I going to get shivved here? What's going on? Uh, because there'd been a shooting here where like an Uber guy shot a Lyft guy in a road rage incident, whatever the fuck. And I, you know, I don't know. I just don't want to, I do it because I have to do it. And I try not to think about the fact that it could be dangerous, but, uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't want to do that. I would prefer to be talking to you guys. I prefer to be out there doing live shows, doing live streams, and doing podcasts. That's that's the whole point of the Patreon page. It's the whole point of what I do. I talk. I shouldn't drive. But right now we have to drive. Saturday I wound up out driving. And uh, it's funny. I, maybe I should have a bumper here like just like an Uber theme song to tell you when Uber stories are coming. Because I, I don't have a segue into it. Because I sit there and I talk about comedy. And then I go, oh, by the way... 
<laughs> Here's that other thing I do. That's fucking awful. Um, I wound up driving on Saturday. I drove a ton. I went out at like five o'clock in the afternoon. And I, you know, they have this thing where they say they kick you off the platform after 12 hours. So I figured I could drive from five to five and make some money because uh, I drove Friday and I was chasing a boat. I was like, I got to get 55 rides in three days. Well, Friday I drove. I went out at eight o'clock at night and I wound up driving until like 530 in the morning. And uh, no, it was 630, 630 in the morning. But the thing was, I only did 17 rides in that amount of time. Because everybody, it seemed like, was going 10 miles, 15 miles. And that's great because I'm making money, but I'm trying to hustle and make the bonus as well. So um, I've got to average basically 18 rides a day. So 17, you know, that, 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 that's okay. It's right there. But what I'm really hoping to do is get like 25 on Friday, 25 on Saturday, and then just kind of pick and choose on Sunday. I'd love to have a full day off or just a really slow day where I only have to drive a couple hours. But... It doesn't always work out that way. So Friday, like I said, I made it. I did okay money-wise, but I only did 17 rides. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go out a little earlier on Saturday night, and I went out at 5 o'clock. So I'm driving Friday, at 5 o'clock, and the first ride takes me out to Thousand Oaks, which is like a 25-mile ride from where I live. And uh, But it was cool. The guy was a criminal defense attorney. He was with his wife, and then they wanted to know all about Uber stories. That's the thing is everybody asks me, what, what's, ever, what's the worst thing that's ever happened? And... Um, he then tells me that he's defending an Uber driver uh, who has been charged with uh, touching a woman in, inappropriately. And the guy's like, I never did it. I wouldn't, I would never dream of doing it. And, and, uh, but he doesn't have a dash cam. So the guy's like, you need to get a fucking dash cam like right away. Uh, and there's a listener named Jeff. He's like, Mike, give me your address and I'll send you a dash cam. Yeah, I know. I haven't reached out yet. Cause again, in my brain, like I said, if I get a dash cam, I'm really doing this. And that just seems fucking ridiculous. Um, but I have to, I mean, it's, I, I'm going to have to do it. So I'll, I'll write Jeff and we'll see what happens. And then. I won't even have to tell stories. I'll just go ahead and show you guys videos of what happened on the road. Won't that be fun? <laughs> uh, so this guy, he was really cool. Like I said, it was a long ride. And uh, and then he gave me 20 bucks, which was a really nice tip. You know, he didn't have to do that. And uh, I drove the rest of the night. And then it got to be bar time. And in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, bar time, you know me. I'm just, I'm just trying to, you just got to try to get through it. You want to make as much money as possible. You want to try to do uh, either one really long ride or a few short rides that double and triple the, the surge. Uh, but I got pinged at a bar in uh, Hollywood on Cahuenga, and it was, uh, this is at like 1.40 a.m., and that's usually somebody trying to beat the surge. However, they did not this time. It was a 1.8 surge, and uh, or 1.9, 1.8 or 1.9. I pull up, and uh, I'm right where there's, I'm supposed to be, and it's just, you've taken Uber or Lyft. You know what's up. I pull up. I'm there. They're drunk. I know. They're not going to be able to find me, so I call them. They're like, we don't see you. I said, I'm right here. I'm literally one of only two cars in front of the venue. Well, I see, like, another car. Like, And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm behind that car. Well, I don't see you. I'm going to have to walk out into the street. Oh, my Christ. Yes, please walk out into the street. And then get run over by a van so I can get the fuck out of here, man. What the fuck? Because you know, at that point, like I said, I've now been driving. It's it's 130, So I've been driving eight and a half hours already. And I, I just... Uh, I know I shouldn't care. It's just, I, but it's my choice to do this. I know. I wish I had a better job. I wish I was writing on a show. I wish I was a real shot caller. I wish I was a baller or whatever that fucking song was. Um, wish I was a yes yaller. <laughs> so I, so I, I'm, I go look. I'm flashing my brights. Can you see me? Where are you? And he goes. And he, all of a sudden, I see a guy peek out from behind the van, and uh, he's with a woman. So I go. All right, I'm coming. They're, they're not. They're not 10 feet from me. Yeah, literally, they're a car length ahead of me, but they couldn't go. Uh, it doesn't matter. I know it doesn't matter, but they're drunk. So I pull around the corner, and uh, the woman gets in the front seat. The guy gets in the back. 
And uh, and I look at her and I go, how are you? She goes, good. And I slide again. I don't know where anybody's going until they get into the car. So I slide the app across and I see they're going to Simi Valley, California, which from Hollywood is about a 35-mile ride for the address that they had put in. So it 35 miles at a 1.89 surge. Uh, I'm going to make 70 bucks on this ride. So I'm thrilled. That's because that's what you're looking That's the jackpot at bar time. And also it gets me out of there. I don't have to hustle around and take people one mile, one mile, one mile. I can make my money and come back and do whatever I got to do. 70 bucks. I can handle that. So, uh, they get in the car and I go, okay, hi, how you doing? She goes, good. We're going to Simi Valley. We are. And I go, great. And uh, I pull away from the curb and I start to drive and I give her the speech. You know, I go, hey, look, if you want the air conditioning on, the heat, whatever, that's fine. The music, you want to turn it up, turn it off. I go, great. And I go, look, I'm going to ask you because it's bar time. Have you guys been drinking? And uh, meanwhile, the guy's not saying anything at all. The woman, however, she's like, oh, yeah, well, um, you know, I, I haven't been, but he's had a couple, but he's fine. I go, okay, you're, you're sure he's fine? And I go, and she says, yes. Uh, and I said, okay, look, because it is bar time and this is a long ride. So if you've been drinking a lot, I'm just letting you know, if you throw up in my car, it's a $200 charge. Now I mentioned he wasn't talking. I should also mention this. He was lying face down in my backseat. He, he was, I figured he was sleeping. I knew he was drunk and he was going to sleep it off. But I'll tell you what, when I said, you're going to get charged $200 if you throw up in my car, he sits up like a bat out of fucking hell. And he looks at me and he goes, excuse me, what? I said, what? And he goes, did you say you're going to charge me $200? And she goes, he's fine. Don't worry about it. I go, okay. I go, I, I understand he's fine. I go, but yes, I just need you both to understand if you throw up in my car, it's a $200 charge. And the guy goes, why? I said, well, it's a cleaning fee. I mean, you can't just throw up in somebody's car. Now I'm still driving, by the way, I'm heading towards Simi Valley. I'm only about a mile and a half from where I picked them up, but I've already gone through a traffic light and made a left turn. And then, uh, the guy says, well, hey, uh, let me ask you something. Um, can I just get it over with? And I said, excuse me? And the woman goes, he's fine. He's fine. And I go, no, no, wait, what does he mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Can you get it over with? He goes, well, like, can you pull over now and I'll just go throw up and then you can take us home. I go, look, man, you got to tell me if you're going to throw up because if you're really going to throw up, I'm going to pull over and I'm just, I can't take you guys. I'm not. And he goes, no, 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 it's fine. He goes, um, but I'm, he goes, uh, and the woman goes, he's fine. He's fine. I go, I understand that. I'm just, I'm just making sure you know the charge. He goes, well, I don't want to pay 200 bucks. I go, good, then don't throw up. He goes, okay, but I'm telling you right now, if you pull over, I can throw up now and get it over with and it won't be a problem. I said, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to play vomit roulette on 35 miles. I mean, if you're going five miles, it's a different story. I go, but I mean, if you throw up in the car or even if you lean out the window and you throw up on the side of the car, it's a $200 charge. And he goes, right, that's why I'm asking if I can just go throw up now and I'll get it over with. I go, dude, again, I'm not, I'm not playing vomit roulette. If you've got to throw up, I'm not going to take you guys. He goes, well, I'm going to ask you to pull over because I guarantee you that I'm going to throw up. And the woman goes, no, he's not. And I go, dude, I got to trust him. I mean, if he's going to tell me he's guaranteeing me he's going to throw up, I can't take you guys. I'm really sorry about that. And the woman was just like, oh, and I go, I'm, I can't, I can't. Take, he goes, that's okay, bro. It's okay. Just, just pull over. We're fine. And uh, I said, okay, I, I'm really sorry about that. And I pulled over and they get out of the car and I see him. He walks, he walks right over to the wall and he just bends over and puts, starts putting fingers in his mouth. And I just drove the fuck off. I'm like, and you know what? To his credit, good for him. Like, I, I mean, I don't understand going out and drinking yourself into a fucking position where you're going to throw up, where you know you're going to vomit. I don't, I don't think that's a good time at all for me. Uh, but good for him for recognizing that he was going to do it. And he knew, cause like he said, he's like, Hey man, I guarantee you, I'm going to throw up. I'm like, all right, well, I ain't taking you then. Um, and better that than to try to fucking hide it. Cause I told you the last guy who threw up in my car was, was the guy who was in town from Minnesota. He's like, I'm fine. No, I'm totally fine. And then I heard him throw up. I fucking heard it. 
Like he coughed, like a gross cough, and then he's like, oh, I'm good. Now I just got something in my throat. Yeah, not anymore. Now it's all over my fucking floor, you dick. Uh, but that's okay because he had to pay the $200 because that's what fucking, or 150 or whatever the fuck it is. Um, I always bump it up when I tell the, the passenger, I go, it's $200, it's $300. I used to say, you know, just because I want to make sure they know what they're going to have to fucking cough up. In addition to vomit in my back seat, what they'll have to cough up. So I dropped them off. Now again, it's bar time, and that was a that was a gold mine, man. It was seventy bucks, but I just I can't take the chance of 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 having the dude throw up in my car. But I got pinged again right away. Someone else, it was like a one point six surge. I go over to this bar and uh, I pull up, and it was uh, it was uh, outside of Beauty in Essex, which is this uh, this you know this, on Selma and Coenga, it's really busy. So I waited in traffic. I called her, and then she came outside, and it was three lovely African American women. And they were dressed in the fucking nines, man. They had slits up to here and fucking spaghetti straps that fell down there. And uh, I, none of them, it didn't appear to me, were wearing any sorts of, uh, well, I don't know, how do I put this? It was a breeze, and it looked like they were very chilly. How does that sound? Does that sound good? And uh, they piled into my car, and they were, uh, like I said, they were, they were lovely. I gave them the speech about the air. I gave them the speech about the heat. I said, if you're cold, whatever you want to do, you can open windows. And they were just, uh, they were really nice. They were super cool. And I will tell you, this kind of flirty girl got in the front seat and she's just like, Hey, you're kind of cute. And I'm like, really? I go, well, you're looking pretty sharp yourself. And I said, if you want to play your own music, that's totally fine. She goes, nah, she goes, if I put on any music, it's going to be ass shaking music. And I said, well, then you better start shaking that ass. And they all went, ha ha. They go, all right, Michael. Cause it says Michael in the fucking app. Uh, and she goes, you don't look like a Michael. You look like a Mike. I go, well, you know why? Because I am a Mike. I go, but unfortunately it says Michael on my driver's license. And they go, well, we're going to, we going to call you Mike. I said, that's great. I'm Mike. She goes, you're our Mike for this ride. I go, you're damn right. I'm absolutely your Mike. Please keep me. And they, ah, ha, ha, they laugh. Uh, but I let them throw on their own music. We're talking, we're having fun, but they were going to, uh, I don't want to give the address, but let's say, uh, I'll just tell you exactly where they were going down to South Central Los Angeles, which is fine. I told you I've gone up there many times. I do rides there all the time. And I try not to think about uh, bad things happening. Because like I said, if you go anywhere and bad things happen, you're kind of looking for bad stuff. And look, we all are victims of accidents, certainly. But in my mind, I feel that if you go to those places like South Central or Compton or or East LA, if you're not looking for trouble, you're going to be fine. You know, you're just dropping people off. You're picking people up. You're doing your fucking job. You just Travis Bickelin. You throw that look on your face. You just power the fuck through and you don't worry about it. And, uh, and these ladies were lovely. So then they're like, Hey, can you take, can we do a second stop? Can we go here? Can we put, I go, yes, you just got to put it into the app. And, uh, and then there, and I, and again, it sounds like I'm bragging and maybe I am, but they said, you know, you're the best Uber driver we've ever had. Like we're always uncomfortable in our Ubers. Like they're always mean or they don't want to hear our music. They think they, they're just, they're just totally rude to us. They go, you're really nice. Like we, we just, we'd like to hang out with you. And I'm like, well, you're super cool. I'd love to hang out with you guys. Um, and then the first girl, <laughs> she was, uh, she was in the back seat, and uh, they said that she was uh, figuring out whether or not she was going to get a booty call. And uh, they were like, she's seeing if she's going to get some dick tonight. If she is, you're going to drop her off at this address. But if not, we're going to go to a different address. Uh, so she was texting and looking to see if she was going to get dead, uh, some dick that night. And it turns out she wasn't. She was not going to take the pipe. So instead, I took her to her house, and then I took the other two girls to the other house. And then as this girl was getting out in the front seat, she looked at me, and she goes, here's my name. She goes, why don't you find me on uh, like social media if you want to be my friend or something like that and look me up. And I said, I will absolutely do that. So I took her name and I, and, and it was funny because it's, it's a, it's a name that, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know if I spelled it right, but I didn't want to be that nerdy idiot. <laughs> Excuse me. Like, all of a sudden, I'm the nutty professor. Uh, oh, lady. Oh, that's an interesting, uh, is that a Q in there? <laughs> you know, you just look like a, I could not be more white in that moment. Oh, is there an umlaut? Mm, please explain. Uh, so I, I just went, okay, cool. And she gave me your name, and I put it in my notes section, and everything was fine. And uh, I dropped them off. They went inside. And now, uh, you know, it's it's now like... 2.30 in the morning, uh, 2.20, I should say, 2.20 in the morning, and I'm in uh, I'm in South Central, so you're still waiting for bar time, you're still waiting to see people get out of the bars, but also I'm going to head back toward Hollywood and Los Angeles, because that's where the real money is, and so I started to drive, and before I was even off their block, I got pinged by somebody else down there in South Central, now like I said, it's Friday, uh, or no, it was Saturday, so I'm, I'm trying to get as many rides as possible, after Friday was only 17 rides, so I'm going to pick this guy up in South Central, I don't care where he's going, if I wind up down here for a little while, that's totally fine, uh, but he's, he's like a mile and a half from where I am. So I'd go up the block I take a right, I take a couple of rights, another left. And I come upon easily six cops, not six dudes. I mean, six cars with their lights on and they have blocked off the road that I need to go to, to pick this guy up. So, uh, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and I'm like, are they going to wave us through? They're not even looking at us. I mean, they're just, they're taking care of some disturbance at the end of the block. I'm on, I should tell you where I was. I was on San Pedro is where I was uh, in, in, in South Central. I know people are always like, where were you? Cause they want to go and look it up in Google maps. Like our friend uh, Zach did in Phoenix. Um, I was on San Pedro and I was, I had to get to San Pedro in Manchester. I had to get to the corner of San Pedro in Manchester, but there were six cop cars on San Pedro blocking the way. And I'm looking and I'm waiting for them to come through and wave us through, but they're, uh, they've blocked every inch of it and there's no way. So I call this kid and I'm like, Hey, uh, Daryl, <laughs> uh, there's like six cop cars, dude, on San Pedro. I can't get through up to Manchester. He goes, Oh, that's okay. We're going to, you're just go around. I said, yeah, I don't, I mean, go around which way? Like, where are you? He goes, well, I'm at the Chevron station here. There's a bunch of people. It's right on the corner of San Pedro and Manchester. I said, okay. I go, but I can't get up there. He goes, well, then just take a left here and go and then take another right and then another right. You should be able to find, just go around. I said, all right. And as long as you're going to be there, it's totally cool. So I, I hang up and I take my left-hand turn and I go all the way up. And then I take my right-hand turn and I go all the way up. And then I take a right on Manchester. And as I'm turning on Manchester, he calls me and he goes, hey, look, I'm probably going to have to cancel this ride. And uh, I said, okay. He goes, so go ahead and cancel it for me. And uh, that's a trick that passengers use because they don't want to pay the uh, cancellation fee. Because I'm there. That's the whole point. I'm, I'm there now. And uh, and if, if I cancel it, that means I'm telling them I don't want to do the ride. And so I don't get the, and again, it's so cheesy that my entire life comes down to getting a $4 fucking charge. But if I'm down there and you pinged me and I made the, the left and a couple of rights, I think for the little effort I made, I should get four bucks. So, uh, so I go, look, I go, sorry, Daryl, man, you're going to have to cancel it. He goes, okay. He goes, I can cancel it. I go, okay, go ahead. So then I turned right onto Manchester and I was approaching the Chevron and he still hadn't canceled. So I was going to turn into the Chevron. And like I said, I pull up to the Chevron, uh, like he had said to me, there's, there's gotta be 40 people in the, in the parking lot of the Chevron. You ever do that? You ever stumble into something late at night? I mean, like really late, like two 30 in the morning. And all of a sudden there's like 50 people somewhere. And you're like, what the fuck is going on, man? It's always an, it's always a city thing. It's or I, I don't want to say an inner city thing, but it's always a city thing. Like, you know, if you're out in the fucking country, you're not going to stumble into 50 people on the street at, at fucking, you know, two in the morning, unless there's a zombie apocalypse or there's a lynching. You know what I mean? I don't even want to know what the fuck is happening, but in the city, like it, it happened that one time when I was on the road and I, I wound up in the, in uh, fucking murder town when I was in Philly, I was doing a show and I wound up in Camden and all of a sudden there's a bunch of dudes in the street with a garbage can on fire and they all start walking up to my car. It's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here, man. Um, 
So sure enough, in South Central, I go to the Chevron, and I'm about to turn into the fucking lot, and I'm waiting for him to cancel. So I glance down at my phone, I look up, I see all the people, and then just as I'm turning into Chevron, he cancels. And it goes, and it makes a little song, just like the Twitter song. And it's like, so it says, you know, rider canceled. And I look down at my phone, just as I'm turning into Chevron, and I cut the turn too close, and I hit the fucking curb with my right front tire. And, uh, I mean, loud, fucking loud, man. I mean, I, I, I turn and I just, uh, I mean, it, it, it sounds like I hit a person or a wall. I mean, it, cause it's just, it's this fucking wham and it's loud in my car, but I, you know, it's loud because all 50 people that are in the parking lot just turn and fucking look at me right away. Uh, and I hit it and in my head, I'm just like, oh man, please don't, uh, don't be bad. Don't be bad. And I pull in and, and there are people like laughing and pointing and there are, and they, and then the people start clapping, of course, because they're awesome. And they, and it also, um, you know, I'm just white dude in a Camry there. They, they probably think I'm drunk cause I'm hitting the curb. They don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. But like I said, they start clapping. Some of them are pointing and laughing. Some of them are like, Oh, you need help. You need help, man. What do you need some help? And, uh, I, I pull into the Chevron and I go to turn the corner and I, I know immediately, I mean, I'm talking in 20 seconds. My tire is flat. I, I, I mean, I can feel it. And then I start to hear it because I turn and it's like, thump, 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 and I'm like, oh, I mean, look, you know, I had a flat tire when I got home from Seattle. I had, I had to fucking change it myself. It was the first time ever in 51 years I've changed my own tire. Uh, so at least I'm filled with the confidence in knowing that I can do this. I don't have to call AAA. I don't have to do that. But at the same time, uh, I mentioned, you know, if you're not looking for trouble, trouble's not going to find you. But I'm still in the middle of South Central. There's there's like 50 young people in this parking lot, and they're and they're all laughing at me and pointing and clapping and shit. And so it's not like I came in stealth. I mean, they know that I'm fucking there. And uh, and they're teenagers, and they're they're being rambunctious. Like there's there's dudes who are like kind of slap boxing, and there's it, it's just that thing where there's that vibe in the air where everybody's just kind of hanging out and. Uh, I don't want to say there's danger in the air, but, but it was certainly, uh, it was, it was a crowd that looked like they were ready for anything. And, uh, I pull up in my car and I just sit there and I'm like, motherfucker, I'm in the Chevron parking lot. At least it's well lit. Um, people keep coming over to my car and pointing. And then there's like, Hey, what do you need, man? You need help? You need help, dude? Ha <laughs> And they're like laughing and high five and I'm walking away. Uh, and I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ. And again, like I said, they must think I'm fucking loaded. So I get out of the car and uh, I pop the trunk because I know I know what I got to do. I got to get the fucking jack jacket up. I got to do the lug nuts, the whole the whole fucking routine. So I get out and uh, there's some young dudes there and there's like, you got to watch them curbs, man. You got to watch where you're going, right? You've been drinking. Yeah. You, you want something to drink? You've been drinking. I'm like, nah, dudes, I'm fine. Uh, and they're like, all right, all right. You need help? Let us know. <laughs> and they start laughing and they're like, you need something to drink? Let us know. <laughs> they laugh because, again, it's just it's 20 two-year-old kids, 23-year-old kids hanging out on a fucking Saturday night and uh, and they're just having fun. I know what they're doing. I did the same shit when I was 22. Uh, but but there's, but there's still, there's there's like 50 of them and they're all having fun and it's just the, it's just a vibe that's in the air that seems, it's electric. Let's put it that way. It's electric. So I pop my trunk and I start to reach in and I try to get the jack out and uh, I got my head in my trunk and I hear, I go, excuse me, sir. And I look up 
And there's a guy right at my elbow who I did not, I didn't hear this guy approach. I don't know where he fucking came from. Uh, he just showed up out of nowhere. And, uh, and I go, hi, how you doing? And he goes, Hey, uh, let's go. Let's change this tire. And, uh, he's an African American gentleman. He's probably about, yeah, he's, he's a little short guy. He's probably like five, six gray beard, older man, uh, does not fit in with the crowd that's there at the gas station. Probably my age, I would assume. And, uh, maybe a little older. And, and I go, no, sir, I'm totally fine. I got it. He goes, no, he goes, that's, that's wrong. He goes, you need help. He goes, I saw you needed help right when you pulled in here. So I'm here to help you. Let's get this tire changed. Come on, let's do it. And I said, uh, sir, what's your name? And he says, G. I said, all right, G. I go, you're, you're very nice. I go, but, uh, but please don't, I have no money to give you, unfortunately. So, uh, what I can do though, is I can, I can, I can do this myself and that's fine. And you're, you're nice. And he's just like, okay, whatever you want to do is fine. But I'll tell you what, any change could help me any change at all. And, uh, I said, well, I mean, if they can't give you a change to change a tire, sir, that just seems ridiculous, but thank you again. I'm happy to do this. I can take care of it. He goes, no, I'm telling you, I'm here to help. It's what I'm going to do. And as I'm talking to him, I, you know, I hear people yelling and, uh, I turn, you know, to get the stuff out of my trunk and I look to my left and there, like I said, there were 50 people and there was a lot of people jawing and yelling and pushing and shoving. And then, uh, all of a sudden I see a fight breaks out in the crowd. And when I say a fight, it's like a guy hit somebody and he ran and then two guys ran in after him. Uh, and then a girl wound up hitting another girl. So like now there's, there's like five or six people fighting and I'm just, I'm staring at it. And in my head, I, I get this thing where, <laughs> how do I put this? Um, remember in Titanic when Billy Zane, when everything starts to really kind of hit the fan and Billy Zane goes, it's all falling apart. Uh, that's what I saw. I saw a group of people that are, that are just, like I said, there's two fights that are breaking out amidst five people. And then six people are, are yelling at them. And other, there's like 30 other people surrounding them. There's cars in the parking lot. I'm there and I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm staring and I'm in my head. I'm going, do I got to get out of here? What do I do? Do I hop in the car? Do I go? Uh, cause I get vibrating when any physical stuff happens, but at the same time, I don't, I'm not picking a side here. I mean, I, I don't know who I'm, who I'm going to go at it with. If anything, I should probably get out of here, but I can't, I'm stranded. I'm looking and my head is trying to process it. And I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to leave or not. And G tugs on my sleeve and he goes, Hey, look at me. And I look at him and he goes, let's get this tire changed. Let's go. So I put my head in the trunk. And I take out, I, I go, I'm fine, G, I got it. And I grab the jack and then I grab the lug wrench and I, I'm holding it and he looks at me and I hand it to him. And I grab the jack out and I put it on the ground and I'm grabbing the crank for the jack and uh, I'm trying to get the spare. And then I see that this fight is now like 10 people going at it. Like it's a huge group of people and now it's just people swinging like and yelling, but some of them are laughing and having fun, but other people are surrounding someone and there's two girls rolling around on the ground in the fight. The other guy is up against a car and he's getting hit and another guy is trying to jump into his car and they won't let him. So I'm watching that all fall apart on my left, but on my right, there's G and he's doing the lug nuts on the car and he goes, all right, let's get it done. Come on. You got that Jackie goes, let's get the crank going. We got to go ahead and do this. And he's keeping me focused on the task at hand when in reality I want, I'm losing it. I'm starting to, I'm looking at the fight and I'm wondering if I got to get out of there. I'm starting to get that fight or flight thing. And, uh, and so I take the Jack and I put it under the car and he just, he takes the crank from me and he starts cranking it and he goes, all right, let me finish these lug nuts. He goes, you go ahead and do the crank. And I'm so distracted by the fight and the yelling. And then two kids run over to our car and they go, gee, gee, you want to get into this? Gee, you want to get in this? And he's just like, no, man, I'm, I'm busy. And they run away. And they go toward the fight. 
And uh, G goes, you got to crank up that jack, crank up that jack. So I start cranking it. I'm so distracted. I crank it the wrong way. So I'm lowering the car. And he goes, no. He goes, you got it. You got to do it this way. You got to do it the other way, other way, other way. And I go, oh, Jesus, other way. Okay. And I'm spinning it and spinning it and spinning it. And then I start to hear a guy. I hear a car start and rev. And I look over and uh, there's these guys have finally gotten into their car. And they're trying to drive through the crowd of people who will not get out of the front of their car. And they're doing, they're doing the thing where they're like, vroom, vroom, and they're just jerking forward, but they can't floor it because there's people all in front of their car. Meanwhile, G then finishes the lug nuts and I reach over and I take my tire off and I'm just, I'm just working automatically. I'm on autopilot at this point. And now I've got the spare. I take the spare and I put it on and I go, all right, do you need me to do it? He goes, that's okay. Relax. I got it. Just go ahead and stand here. Just go ahead and you know, just, just focus on this. Let's get this done. Uh, and the guy, like I said, is revving his engine and he's pulling forward. He's pulling forward. These people have surrounded the car. He's pulling forward. And a guy just comes walking over and he throws a 40 ounce off the dude's windshield. Just fucking because I, I, I saw him walk up with it. and It's in his hand. And then I look at G and then I hear the smash and I look over and it's it it's embedded in the fucking windshield. Like it's smashed and it, it, it didn't break the whole windshield because it's, you know, it's a 40, it's not going to do that, but it, it put a big fucking spider crack circle right in the center that, you know, like that smashed glass. And then it, and it spidered the fuck out and, and they're not letting this guy go and they're smashing his windshield and he's in the car and he's revving it and he's trying to get the fuck out of there. And in my brain, I'm just like, Oh fuck is this? Is it? And the, by the way, there were six cop cars there, not fucking 20 minutes ago. And they're all gone. Like nobody's there. Nobody's fucking taking control. Bam not there to fucking take control. Nobody's there to step in and stop anybody from doing this stuff. It's just 50 people surrounding a car. One guy throws a 40 ounce through the fucking windshield. And these other guys, they're trying to escape and they can't, they're trying the doors. They're trying to drag these dudes out. And, uh, and I, I, I don't know, like I said, the women weren't fighting anymore, but I don't know if the one woman dove into the other car. I, I didn't see cause I'm, and cause G is keeping me focused on my car. And, uh, and then he finally gets the spare on and he does all the lug nuts. He's all right, lower it down, lower it down. I'm lowering it down. And he goes, all right, sir, you know, just got to keep track. And he goes, all right, now let's go ahead and make sure the lug nuts are tight. And he goes, you're bigger than me. You're a big boy. So go ahead and why don't you go ahead and do this and figure out the lug nuts and tighten them up. And, and, and he's keeping me occupied. He's keeping me while these people are just, now they're jumping on the hood of the car and they're trying to, you know, they're laughing they're, It's not, it's not even, I, I can't explain it. It doesn't feel like a like a riot. It just feels like they're trying to get at the guys in the car, but they're kind of laughing about it too. Um, so, so it didn't ever feel like there was full danger. It just felt like this was bad and I needed to get out of there. Uh, but then, you know, I lower the car with the Jack and the, the lug nuts are squared away and, and I'm, and I'm finally, I'm done and I'm ready to go. And just as I finish, like the crowd kind of dissipates and they finally let the guy he floors it. He turns left. He does like a fucking donut turn and he bails out of there. He floors it, lights off and just fucking leaves. And everybody just laughs. They're like throwing shit at the car as he drives away. They're like, ah, and they're fucking doing that. And, uh, I'm standing there. Everybody just kind of dissipates and my tire has changed. And I looked at G and, you know, when it first started, I thought to myself, well, this guy, you know, he's trying to get over. He's trying to come over here. And it's like, I don't have any money to give him because I do that. With, you know, sir, I can't help you, but thank you anyway. And I know I can change a tire. But uh, but once it concluded, once it finished, once we were done, once everybody started to kind of drift and that car was gone and, and, and the, the tornado had passed. The way I felt about it was he wasn't there to help me change my tire. 
that dude was there to help me. That dude was there to save me, and he did that. He might not have thought he was doing it. He might have just been a good guy. Might have just been being a good guy, but he... he but I like to think instead... I, I, you know, I prefer to think that he did know what he was doing. He saw everything breaking out. He felt it in the air, and he said, You know what? i got to go help that guy. And he did. And he kept me focused, and he kept me distracted. And, and I, look, I'm not saying I would have panicked. I wasn't going to run away. I wasn't going to dive into the fight. I don't know what the fuck I was going to do. But I know I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And the possibility existed for that to go really bad really quick. And I never even had a chance to think about that. I never even had the opportunity to ponder what would happen if things went bad because G was there. The guy reached out, came across, found me, helped me. Didn't have to, but did. So we get the tire set up and he's there and and I mean I, I don't you know, then you're dumbfounded. I don't know what the fuck to do for a guy. I wanna I wanna do anything I could for the guy and and just in thinking about what he had shown me, what he had done, it was just it was kindness. It was naked kindness. And uh and so I looked at him and I go, Man, thank you for doing this. You didn't have to and he goes, No, I understand, yeah, you know, you, everybody needs help now and then and I said, well, you want a bottle of water? Because, again, I got nothing for this fucking guy. I wasn't kidding when I said I had no money to give him. And he said he wanted change, and I thought about fishing the change out of my drawer, the, the, the little console, and I just and then my head it just seemed like such a futile gesture. Um, so I gave him a bottle of water, and he chugged it. Like, he chugged the whole thing. And I go, you want another one? He goes, no, I'm good. I'm good. I go, no, man, take one for later. Here you go. And, uh, and now the, the parking lot's empty. It's just me and him. There's one other guy who's just leaning on the gas pumps. And uh, so I shook his hand, and it was that thing where, you know, you, a handshake into a hug, like a bro hug, I guess you'd call it. But uh, I said, you know, I put my hand out, I shook his hand, and I hugged him, and I said, and I, uh, I just, I teared up because it, it was kindness. That's, it was just kindness. And, you know, I've talked on here many times about Pat helping paint the apartment and, any any kindness I'm shown hits in such a way as to to knock me on my ass, and it was just he did not have to do that, and so I I gave him the hug, and I you know I got him in close, and then I just uh, I said, man, I'm gonna cry, and he goes, no, nah, don't do that. I go, no, nah. I go, that was that was big, that was really you didn't have to do that. He goes, everybody needs help. I said, do you need a ride somewhere? Do you want to go and? He goes, no, I'm I'm okay, I'm okay. You go, you gotta go, right? You gotta, you know what? There was someone looking for an Uber earlier. Maybe you still catch him. And I go, well, it doesn't work that way, but, but, but now I can turn the app on and try to make some money. He goes, all right, well, you do that, young fella. And I said, all right. And then I remembered, because I don't drive with cash, but I remembered that I had been given twenty dollars by the first ride of the night. And I said, oh, wait, gee, hold on. And, uh, and uh, I fished out my wallet. And, uh, and, I, and I pulled out. I had $22. And I just handed it to him. I said, it's not nearly enough, but it's what I have. And he, and he smiled at me in a way as if I'd given him a fucking checkbook and $1,000 on top of it. Like he didn't ex- he, that was, that, That's the other best thing. He didn't expect anything. Uh, and, and so he smiled and I handed it to him. And I said, I, I, can I ask you a favor? He said, what? And stupidly, I'm asking him a favor. But I said, uh, can I take a picture with you? And he looked at me with this weird face and just and, and goes, why? I said, because I just want to prove to my friends that this happened. 
And he said, all right, sure. So he got in tight. I took a selfie of us. And I gave him his money. And and, uh, and then I said, come in here. Bring it in. And uh, I didn't go bro hug this time. This time I gave him a full hug. And, and he gave me a hug. And I, I fucking bear hugged him. And I lifted him in the air. He goes, oh, okay. Okay, big fella. You can put me down. I said, I know. But that's. And I started to cry. And I said, thank you. This This was amazing and thank you for being there to help me he said i say everybody needs help i said yeah they do and i put him down because i had lifted him in the air and uh he goes go make some money i said thank you and he turned around to walk away and he waved and it turned out the guy standing by the gas pumps uh was with him that's why he was still there and uh, G held the $22 over his head and just waved it like, and kind of did a slow trot over to him. Like, yeah, we got some money. And uh, he got to his boy and his boy put his arm around his neck and kind of shook him. And they were like, woohoo. And he gave him a, a pound and then they just, they walked off together. And, uh, and I got in my car and I, and I, I knew it was going to, you know, I still had other things ahead of me. I had to go get the tire fixed and I didn't know what to drive and how to do it. And, and all that, all that could wait because in the moment I just wanted to soak up that kindness. I wanted to live in that kindness just, just for a few minutes. Because not only was it kindness, it was, I mean, it was, it was clearly just, it was straight up kindness, but it was, it was kindness amidst chaos. I mean, because again, I don't, I don't presume to know what would have happened, but but things got crazy pretty quick there. And if I'd have been alone, and if I'm on the ground changing the tire, who knows? All it takes is one guy. All it takes is one guy to be dissatisfied that they couldn't get the other people out of their car and then turn their attention to the stranger who's in the parking lot who doesn't belong there, the other, the different one, and. Uh, and instead, I had that G barrier built around my Camry, helping me get through it. So it wasn't just kindness. It was kindness amidst chaos. And, and, and I knew I still had a long night ahead of me. I mean, Christ, I'd already been on the road for nine hours when that happened. But, but I felt great. In that moment, I felt great. Because I tell you, I have no hope for the world. I got no hope for any good things happening for anybody. But you can find those bits those micro bits of kindness and you, you just take what you can from those and you realize there's good out there. And, uh, and so I, I started the car and I, I turned on the app and I left and, and, and I knew I was going to tell you guys this story, but I'll be honest with you. I am going to be so goddamn happy when I don't have stories like this to tell you. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friends at Facebook.com slash The 40-Year-Old Boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash The 40-Year-Old Boy, uh, where I've gone fractionally viral. I don't know if you heard about that. I'm fancy. I'm, I'm bad and nationwide. You can find me at Instagram and Snapchat. I'm at Mike40YOB. Find me there because I'm the best. The best, the best, better than the rest. I'm tough, I'm strong, I'll do no wrong. Go, go, go Raiders. 
Uh, but find me at all those places, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, all that place, uh, MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Please, I'm there. I'm the best. Ryan Dirks is all the web stuff for this show. He's the coolest. Find him at Facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Contact him and tell him he's great. Become his friend. Reach out to him as he's out there on the farm doing square dance calling. He can use another friend or two. Why not, folks? Uh, Giovanni Giorgio Peluso is the coolest guy in the world. He does a lot of the tech stuff for us. He handles our YouTube channel and other things involved with that sort of thing. <laughs> it's very vague, but he does it. Um, Gio, you can find him at his own podcasts at the GIO, the Get It On Geo podcast. You can find him at the Outdoors FAQ podcast. And, of course, he does all the Loveline stuff. Uh, and he's still involved with the Adam Carolla show. If you did not get a chance to hear it, uh, my best of, I was on the best of last week. Uh, and it's still up. I think you can find it still in the store. One of the best of episodes, my best of played on Monday, uh, which was yesterday. The what's that? The 27th was that? I think it was. I don't know. It was yesterday. It was, it was Monday. Uh, well, not yesterday now, but two days ago, whatever. So this this a couple days ago, they played my best of uh, because Gio was in there and, and, uh, and said that would be a good idea. And everybody said, yes, it would, because they liked the show. Thank you for that, Gio. And you guys can find that now in the iTunes store. But he's uh, Gio does that. Like I said, he's got his own podcast to get it on podcast. Outdoors FAQ, Loveline, Adam Carolla show. And he handles our YouTube channel. You can find him. At Facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso and be his friend there. Tell him that I sent you. And you can follow him at Twitter at, I think, at Superfan Giovanni. Uh, but that's Superfan of uh, others, not Superfan of me. Well, that's, but that's a long Twitter handle. So just, just look for Superfan Giovanni and be his uh, follower, friend. Get on board with the Geo Train. Our friend David Hernandez does all the music for this show. He does all of the artwork for this show. He does some cool-ass stuff that you know about. Some stuff you don't even know about. That's right. Some stealth stuff in the background that I've never even told you about. But he does it, man. Uh, you can find him at Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Be his friend there and tell him how cool he is. However, if you want him to be your music guy, if you want him to be your art guy, if you want to reach out to him and have him do something cool for you, well... <laughs> I went to say well and I yawned. Like it was weird. Like I got and my voice cracked. I apologize. Well, how about that? You can go to artbydmh.com and get David on board with doing some custom artwork for you. You can browse the pieces he's already done. He's got Valscapes, he's got Gaikons, he's got all sorts of neat stuff. He did a fucking badass like Joker oil painting this week that I think he's got for sale. I don't think it was a commission. I think he's actually got it for sale at the website. Um but he's got individual pieces that are available for, for purchase now. He's also got any order you want to place with him to get something custom done. He's done amazing work for listeners of this show, amazing work for family members, amazing work for anybody who stumbles onto the website over there. So go ahead and peruse it. You've seen the artwork he can do for me. You hear the music he does for us. Uh, you know how talented he is. The guy's a fucking renaissance man. So seek him out, man. you got to go find our friend David Mex Hernandez. Be his friend again, like I said, facebook.com uh, slash David Mex Hernandez or... Order artwork and find him at artbydmh.com. That's artbydmh.com, A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide, where I stop and I turn and I go for a ride, till I get to the bottom and I see you again.
I think I used the phrase Renaissance Man a second ago, and now you know that I wasn't fucking around. Uh, that's our friend David Hernandez and his version of Helter Skelter, and a reinterpretation, his version, a cover. It's certainly a cover, but he brings his mech's fucking flair to it. And I got here's what I'm going to tell you. Did you like that? Did you love that? Did you, did you like me? Did you go, Jesus, that's amazing? Well, here's the thing, folks. Uh, that's part of an album that David has done. And uh, you know what it's called? It's David Max Hernandez. He busted out the Beige album. It's got 13 Beatles tracks on it. And I know you're thinking to yourselves, well, Christ almighty, well, Mike, I, when is Max putting this out? How is it working? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you guys right now. That album is going to be a Patreon exclusive for subscribers, uh, $10 and up. And I'm going to send that out. Uh, I'm going to figure out how to post it. <laughs> but uh, it's going to go up. It'll be, it's, it'll be up for download sometime uh, before the weekend. As soon as I figure out exactly how to distribute it, I might have to just send it to everybody via email, uh, or I might be able to post it there on the site, and you guys can download it yourself. I'm not sure yet. Uh, all I know is because I had to. First of all, I've listened to the whole album, and it's fucking amazing. And I had to figure out a track to choose. And it's you know, David's like, you got to figure out which song to use because they're you know, he's close to all of them. And um, and I'm not you know, I loved the whole album, but there are some songs that are that are closer. They they you know go closer to the actual Beatles version. And then there's some that, that are kind of way out there. So when I got the Helter Skelter, I really wanted it. To, uh, yeah, I heard it and I was like, whatever. It was that. Revolution number one was is amazing. Uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. I, I'm not going to tell you exactly what's on it. Uh, or maybe I should. No, I shouldn't. What if I did that? 
<laughs> the point is that album is going to be up there for Patreon subscribers. So if you want to get that, uh, you can join the Patreon page right now. If you become a $10 a month or up subscriber, you're going to get that Beatles album from our friend David. And it is, uh, it's like I said, it's the beige album, 13 tracks, David's interpretation of some Beatles songs that he did himself there at the cat house. And they're, uh, I'm, I, you know, they're all great. They're all so good. Uh, but I wanted to give you a taste of that here on the show so you can hear that track and know that there's 12 more just as fucking great as that available for Patreon subscribers. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, I'll go ahead and tell you because I'm doing this a little out of order, but I wanted to back tag it with the song. Uh, the Patreon page exists. And uh, we've had amazing people jump on board. Our friend Amanda, uh, Amanda from Canada. I don't know if I mentioned Amanda, but she is now a Patreon uh, patron. She was one before, and then she stopped, and now she's back on board. And and our friend Mike, I don't I don't know if Mike wants me to say his last name. Beats. I'll say it. Why not? Mike has jumped on board, and he supports now. He's contacted me via Twitter a few times. It's good talking to him. But uh, but Mike has stepped up and become a Patreon subscriber. So thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Mike. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for becoming new Patreon subscribers. And uh, and uh, you will be getting, uh, well, Mike certainly is getting the, uh, because the level he joined at, he's getting the beige album. And uh, but now, you know, I'm talking myself out of it because you guys have been Patreon subscribers for a very long time. And uh, and I've always like, oh, you're going to get something. And then I don't I don't give everything. Uh, you know what? Um, here's what I'll say. Uh, you know what? I'm going to put it up there for, uh, uh, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, anybody <laughs> Patreon people that are that are three dollar and up levels. I know there's the dollar level and you guys are nice. But, uh, but you know, and, and, and there weren't any real giveaways with that. But, I mean, there's a lot of giveaways that I have not given away with the other Patreon stuff. And uh, and I know there's been other things that have interfered. Whatever the fuck. Who cares? If you're a Patreon subscriber right now, uh, if you're, you know, uh, well, yeah, right now. Fuck it. I mean, I, I can't what I can't say later. Um, but if you join this week, too, especially, uh, I will. I will. Everybody gets the fucking uh, beige album. So if you're because Max is a fucking genius, I want to share his genius with everybody. Uh, and coming in the future, you know, we'll have because I, you know, Patreon is just this weird thing where in my brain I'm like, ah, you know, they got that levels and the ten dollar and this and that. And um, but I mean, I, you know, I haven't been exactly the king of giving you guys everything that I said I would give you. So the beige album goes to all Patreon subscribers. That's going to be up by the weekend. And uh, and jump on board and be a new subscriber at at a. Uh, the the $3 level and up. You know, I mean, I understand there's the dollar level and you guys are all very nice. And thank you so much to everybody who subscribed. Um, but, you know, I, I owe you guys. You, you're really cool. And I know you're like, no, you don't owe me because you do a show. I owe you. So uh, all Patreon subscribers get the beige album. That'll go up sometime this weekend or by the weekend, I should say, as soon as I can figure out exactly how to make it work. Um, but also, if you join the page, if you join Patreon, that'd be pretty cool if you were to join up because then you would be able to get the beige album because that's, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be playing any other songs other than that Helter Skelter right there. Uh, so you're going to, if you want to hear it, you got to become a Patreon uh, subscriber, a patron over there at Patreon and, uh, and other stuff is in the pipeline, uh, chats and private podcasts, all that stuff that you can read. If you read in there, what's coming, I will, I, a lot of that's coming to t-shirts. Eh, they're a bit of a coin flip at this point. We're still trying to figure that out. And again, money is money. But, uh, so, so because you've been so nice to me, Patreon subscribers, and I hope anybody new will jump on as well, you will all get the beige album from our friend David Hernandez and, uh, and, and you will love it because again, that Helter Skelter is amazing, but there's 12 other tracks. They're all amazing. They're all, you know, some of them are a little more straightforward. Some are a little more out there, but, uh, they're all uniquely David Mex Hernandez, who is the fucking music and art guy for this show. And, and, uh, my great friend, and he's the best. So, and thank him, man. So Patreon subscribers, you'll be getting the beige album sometime before the weekend uh, is up. And, uh, 
you know, we have other sponsors of the show, not just David Mix Hernandez and his fucking uh, beige album. We, we've got, of course, uh, Fearful Jesuit with his Paranoid Strain podcast available in the iTunes store. You can go ahead and check that out. His 9-11 episode is still lurking. That's the one that is up there now. Um, I know he was doing some traveling. I think he's back now. I'm actually, it turns out I'm going to be, I'm going to be up there uh, uh, in the compound again in San Francisco in October. I'm going up to visit our friend Fearful Jesuit, but, uh, and perhaps I'll record at his house. Perhaps I won't. Who knows? It all depends on what the monks are doing. If they're churning butter and having a moment of silence, I don't think I can talk, but, uh, but what's the point in going up there if I can't do a show at the compound, right? We'll see what happens, but I'll be on the road doing that in October in San Francisco. Uh, Not a show show like that you can come and see, but I'll be, I'll be, well, maybe I'll look into that. Nah, it's them and they're in the middle of the week, so it's not going to work out. <laughs> but I'll go to Jesuit's house and uh, and I'll record a podcast up in San Francisco. But anyway, the point is, who cares about my podcast? Paranoid Strain is the Fearful Jesuit's podcast. It's available now in the iTunes store and all sorts of other places. You can download it. I'm trying not to yawn. Fuck. You can download it. You can listen to it. It's amazing. It's great. And, uh, you know, like I said, there's the 9 11 episode. No, it's different. It's, you know, he, he saw that come down. Uh, he saw the towers come down, so he brings a unique perspective to 9-11, he and his friends in the beginning of the show, and then he gets right into the debunking of some myths. Uh, listen to this episode, please. It's a strong one, and it's a, it's a moving one, and it's one you definitely need to hear. And then reach out to him and tell him either on the iTunes store review page or via personal email. Tell him that we turned you on to the show and how much you love it and you're excited for the unholy alliance between Fearful Jesuit, the Paranoid Strain, and the 40-year-old boy. Uh, so let him know that uh, we, we, you heard about it from us, so he thinks that we're hitters, and he's excited and thrilled. Uh, so there you go. That's our that's our uh, sponsor. Our friend, I mentioned our friend Paul Pepper. He's got his uh, Dark Knight First Responder truck page on Facebook. Go like that, please. And uh, it, you know, again, it's an amazing truck with cool ass paperwork and fun stuff. And and uh, and you should always, uh, you know, go ahead and like the page. You should always, you should always like the page. I'm babbling. Um, but it exists. Paul's truck is, uh, you know, he wants to bring it out to all sorts of events because the more people he can get on social media, because you know how it works, then maybe people take some notice and he gets invited to go out of, out of state and, and he gets people to see, uh, I, I, it's, I don't want to call it an art project. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a labor of love. Let's call it that. The labor of love that Paul uh, has turned his truck into as it's a tribute to first responders all across this great land of ours, people who are rushing in to help when others are rushing away. So, uh, so go ahead and check out the Dark Knight First Responder Truck page on Facebook. Like it and, uh, and tell Paul that we told you to like it and he'll be happy and so will we. Uh, and I'm going to throw this out there uh, because why not? Look, folks, we have a friend of the show that I, I uh, he doesn't know I'm doing this, but I, <laughs> which is weird. So he's not, he's not like a sponsor in the terms of he's like, uh, you know, hey, Mike, could you do this for me? Um He's he's a good friend and a guy who has been uh, a listener for a very long time, and he has included me in his life's work on occasion and complimented me on mine. So I wanted to throw this out because I, I saw this announcement come up on my Facebook the other day. Our friend Robert Chaz Shute is a published author. He has sent me his work in the past. Uh, I, and I just found it. It's gone up on my bookshelf. I, I can, I look, I will say I have not read it yet, but there's a lot of shit that I haven't read yet, but it's on the list. It's in the pile. Uh, but our good friend Robert Chashute has completed his newest book, and uh, it's called, I, I believe it's called Afterlife Purgatory, or it might just be called Purgatory. I'm not sure exactly how you'd want to, what you, let, let me, all right, let me figure out the exact title of this thing before I start plugging it. Uh, nope, it's called Afterlife Purgatory, the next apocalypse book too. It's available for your Kindle, folks, or it's available in uh, paperback. Uh, 
And uh, you can get it either way. If you get it in paperback, maybe he signs it for you. I don't know if he does anything like that. But if you get it for your Kindle, you know, it's it's an easily affordable book available now in Amazon. If you like that kind of stuff, Purgatory and uh, the bioweapon is spreading. The zombie apocalypse has begun. This is our revolution. Look, man, that's right up your alley, right? You like you like apocalypse. You like bioweapons. You like zombies. You're going to like Robert Chaz's shoots newest work, Afterlife Purgatory. It's available at Amazon right now. Uh, just put in the, you know, type in Robert Chaz, and that's two Z's. Robert Chaz Shoot, and that's C-H-U-T-E. Robert Chaz Shoot, and the the book is called Afterlife Purgatory. And uh, I, think, I think it's like three bucks on the Kindle. You can grab that or you can get the paperback version, which I think is like 10 maybe or 12. Either way, our good friend Robert Chaz Shoot has been always very nice to me. He's been very kind. I think he's actually included this podcast in the narrative of one or two of his books. And, uh, and that's just phenomenal. The fact that you guys go over and above for me to do things like that. So I want to do the best I can to try to get you guys to know about Robert Chaz Shoot and his work right now, which is available at Amazon. The Afterlife Purgatory book is available on Kindle. Go find it on Amazon right now, and uh, and hopefully, you know, and you want to find Robert Chaz Shoot on Facebook, you can find him. He's at uh, facebook.com slash Robert C. Shoot. Just put in Robert Chaz Shoot, and you'll find him. I get, look, at Facebook and their fucking algorithms, but it's Robert Chaz Shoot, three names, Chaz, C-H-A-Z-Z, Shoot, C-H-U-T-E. Uh, and, and help this guy out, man. He's in fucking Canada. He needs the help. He needs all the help he can get up there in Canada. Uh, so please do me a favor and look him up and figure him out and go ahead and grab his book and tell him he's great and love that book about the zombie apocalypse. Uh, thank you, Robert, for always including me uh, and sharing your work with me. And so I've done what I can here for you. Please remember I'm on the Cameo app. Uh, which is very important. You want to get me on the phone and plug in your Kindle book or whatever the fuck you want me to do. Uh, download the Cameo app on your phone. You can book me to go ahead and talk to your friends or your family. You know, I just did it uh, when I met Megan. In, uh, I talked about that in Seattle, and I had done it for her because uh, Brent had act- actually hired me to, to do it for her. Uh, did I say Brent? Brett? I, I, what, I don't know what I said. I apologize. Regardless. Uh, the point is he's the coolest and he hired me to do Megan with an H's uh, uh, cameo. And you can too. If you get the cameo app, you can ha- uh, book me to do something and tell, tell your, I can, look, I can tell your son you love them. I can tell your girlfriend that you want to break up with her. I can do whatever you want me to do for only $20. It's available right now at the Cameo site. So download Cameo to your phone. Look me up. I've got to do an introductory video that I've never done because that would be a way to tell people who I was. But in my mind, you know me. I want to talk everybody out of fucking hiring me. But not this time. Hire me for Cameo because I'm the best. Uh, Please remember we've got the Attaboy Fit Brigade on Facebook. Mike uh, Schmitty's Attaboy Fit Brigade. Uh, is available there on Facebook. Go ahead and join that and start lifting weights and doing squats with Jeff Laub and everybody else who's on that page doing amazing, great things. And I will join you soon with our friend Matthew Hebert and everybody else who's on there doing great things and making progress. Our friend, like I said, Adriana, everybody who's doing yoga or Zumba or whatever the fuck. Uh, and I will be there, I promise. I'm not I'm not ignoring it. I'm just, I, uh, you know me, I gotta have everything just so. Instead of just leaping in, I need everything just so. But I'll be there, I promise. Uh, so join the Attaboy Frit Brigade on Facebook and, and we'll all track each other's progress and take care of one another. That'd be fantastic. Please remember to go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com and, uh, you know, go to the Joe business page. We got stuff on sale there, but also we've got the Amazon link. That's the most important thing on MikeSchmidtComedy.com on the Joe business page. Use the Amazon link. Clink through. We get money. Uh, don't clink through. Click through. <laughs> don't clink. Please do not clink. Hold on. Uh, go through and click through, please. Get your monocle out and tell Schultz to watch fucking LeBeau and go ahead and buy something. 
Because then we get money, they get money, and you get stuff. It works out absolutely perfectly, folks. I mean, that's you can't ask for a better triangle there. Fuck your grains and food pyramid and whatever the fuck. This is the most perfect pyramid of all. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. The end. It's a, it's a perfect relationship. It's like one of those weird triangles where we're all holding each other's wrist. You ever see that where it's like three arms? Each person's holding a wrist, but it forms a triangle, a bond. That's it. Let's bond. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the Joe Business page. Click on the Amazon link and go ahead and uh, it's buy something. Buy everything. Buy, uh, buy Robert Chaz Shoot's book. You know what? There you go. Use my Amazon link to buy Robert Chaz Shoot's book. To, to buy Afterlife Apocalypse or whatever the fuck it was called, I, now that I've forgotten it, is I've, I've moved on. <laughs> but buy his book via the Amazon link. Look at that. I, and then I get a taste of that. We get money, you get money. Or no, I'm sorry. They get money, we get money, you get stuff, and Robert gets money. Now it's a square. I just turned this triangle into a goddamn square. We get money, they get money, Robert gets money, you get stuff. You get a book, a Kindle book. Ah, how perfect is this? Look at this. Don't you love it when a plan comes together? I'm the B.A. Baracus of fucking podcasting right now, goddammit. Uh, so go ahead and use the Amazon link. It helps us out tremendously. And remember, I'm going to be in Toronto. Have I mentioned that to you guys? I don't think I have. I'm going to be in Toronto. I've mentioned it many, many times, but that's fine. Uh, I'm going to be in Toronto September 17th through the 22nd. I'll be doing a show uh, upstairs at Steve's Music Store Lounge in Toronto. And that'll be a past the hat show. And I'm really going to work very hard to stream that show. I'm hoping uh, to stream it. I don't know whether I'll stream it to just the Patreon or if I'll stream it to everybody on YouTube. It's kind of an experiment. This whole thing is an experiment. Going up into the lounge, trying to figure it all out, uh, passing the hat. Uh, you know, I'm just going, I'm going to Toronto to spend time with friends. Ken and John and Rick and Tanya and, and uh, you know, hopefully Catherine can make it in. Whomever else is in Canada. Robert, Chaz, shoot, perhaps, if he tears himself away from his keyboard as he writes the sequel to Afterlife Apocalypse, whatever the fuck. Uh, he can come out to the show as he's done in the past and seen me in Canada. Anybody who's in Canada is welcome. Anybody in America wants to make it up to America's hat. Please do that. We'll be in Toronto September 17th through the 22nd. And like I said, a lot of cool things going on. There might be vice involved. I've been told I might be going to a strip club or two. Uh, uh, who knows? Unless I'm a grown up and I decide not to fucking do that. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, like I said, I want to go to, there's going to be cool restaurants. We can be sitting around a fire pit. We can just watch games. We can go to a Jays game. We're going to have a fucking great time. It's going to be so much fun in Toronto that week, culminating in my show at Steve's Music Store Lounge in Toronto. And we'll be passing the hat there. And I don't want to sell any tickets because we're friends. Uh, and then, you know, if you guys want to kick in some dough, that'd be fantastic. And I would love it and we'll all be happy. But, uh, but that'll be September 17th through the 22nd. And I believe the, uh, the, is the 22nd of Friday or is the 27th, the 22nd of Thursday? No, 22nd might be, I think I'm flying out on Saturday, the 22nd. So the show will be the 21st. Uh, because Rick said that would be the best bet would be to do it on Friday night. So we'll close out the show. We'll close out the week with the show and then I'll leave Saturday morning. But, uh, but the, the days before that are all in play. Who knows what Ken and John and everybody else are planning for me while I'm up in Canada, but I'm looking forward to doing all of it, cataloging it all because you know me, I'm an influencer. I'm a tastemaker. I'll put stuff on Instagram and everything else. So you guys can see what's happening. And if you have any suggestions, I'm always listening. If anybody thinks to themselves, you know what? Mike would love this place in Toronto or Mike would love this other place in Ontario or Mike would love this place in Windsor or Mike would love this place in fucking Kickapoo uh, or uh, Kitchener. That was what I was thinking. Why did I think Kickapoo? Why the hell did that come up? Hold on. Kitchener's a place. That's a Canada place. Kitchener, Canada. It's not, it's not, there's no Kickapoo, Canada. Is there? Kickapoo sounds like 
because there's I, that's that sounds like an Indian reservation, but it also sounds like a resort in the Bahamas. Like if you went out to you were at hedonism and then you were like, well, then we're bringing the kids. Let's go to Kickapoo instead. That, you know, it sounds like Camp Kickapoo. That's what it is for your kids. You send them away in the summer. You send them off to Camp Kickapoo, and that's where they're doing their fucking arts and crafts. And that's where uh, music teacher Mex comes in and he teaches them all how to do their spin on Beatles songs. Don't you want that? Let's do that. You know what? We maybe we do that. Forty year old boy Camp Kickapoo. Send all your kids there, and we'll teach them how to do fucking stuff. I'll be teaching them how to do talk and arts and crafts and by that I mean I'll be doing the talking part Max will teach him the arts and crafts part we'll get Lily there she used to make a bunch of shit she'll get you know maybe how to teach him how to make pasties don't you want your kids to learn how to make pasties in this this at this twilight of their age when they're like fucking eight years old or seven tell a kid how to make pasties god damn it they can do like twists on Beatles song they can learn how to swear into a microphone and they can make pasties god damn it we're doing 40 year old boy camp kickapoo and I'm, I don't know how I'm gonna fund it but it might be up in Toronto it might be down here wherever I can get a goddamn grant whoever wants to give me some money to go ahead and teach the children because again if you know anything about Ready? You don't come to a throne if you're not gonna suck a dick. Egg, 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 egg. 